It is the 450th edition of the Chair Shop Podcast. We're coming to you live here on Sunday night. Back again at the usual spot. Where else would we be for a milestone episode like this? Um, uh, I'm one of your hosts, Barry Murphy. Joined as always by ever dependable co-host. First of all, Mr. Paul Griffin. 450. Splash! Oh, nice little, nice little improv joke there for me and Paul. That's good teamwork right there. Uh, also with us is Joe. Splash! No, you've done it backwards. Oh, he's, done, he's done it. Like a Phoenix splash. Yeah. Uh, Lights, another milestone, another 50 episodes in the bag. Um, like TNA, they said we wouldn't make two weeks. And like TNA, they're still on. Why are they still doing that for? <laughs> Uh, not as many ownership changes uh, as TNA. Funnily enough, no one has shown up with a big sack of money to buy this load of shice. But, you know, um, we'll, we'll soldier on anyway. We'll get a money back at some point, I'm sure. Um, uh, lads, I've been away. I, I'm sure I've missed loads. Uh, what's going on in your lives? How have you been? What have you been up to? Uh, not a lot. <laughs> oh, good. Uh, what about you, Paul? Uh, <laughs> I, I got none. This is dynamite. I have, a, I have an excuse. Go We're on. hopefully moving house in the next two weeks. Ooh. I'm nearly ready to sign the contract and all that. So, A, been doing paperwork and things for that. And B, don't have any money to spend on going out. So... Yeah. Been sitting in watching the old telly, eating f- food. Well, there is, you know, 60 hours of wrestling to watch every week now. Um, yeah. And, you know, a decent whack of it is good at this stage as well, which helps. And it's free. So. Free, there's free stuff out there. Um, yeah. So that's nice. Good luck with the move, uh, if it goes through and all that. Yeah. Uh, you know, to keep us updated. What about you, Paul? What are you up to? Um, not much. The only one thing happened is uh, Natty's brother is away, I guess. I actually don't know where he is. Um, and we had to go over and feed the cats and that. So Natty opened the door because he left the key for us under the... I won't say where. Okay, somebody's listening. Who would steal <laughs> steal <laughs> things from his house, which I haven't said. And uh, give us the address as well. It's uh, Thirty-seven <laughs> Kilkenny Drive. <laughs> <laughs> so we let ourselves in and fed Kilkenny the, Drive. Fed the cat. Uh, I'd look around, poke around, um, and then we were leaving. And I said to Natty, "Did I give you the key?" And she said no. And I looked on the kitchen table was the key. Yeah, here we go. Gave it to Natty. And then we left, locked the door, and off we went. And then this morning, I found the actual key in my pocket. So that other key was not the original one we had. I just found it on the kitchen table. So now we have two keys for the house for some reason. Um, and that was pretty much the climax of my week. In terms of excitement. Um, 
apart from that, haven't got up to a single thing. Just work. And uh, not a lot else. Busy week for me. There is actually a 37 killed Kenny Drive in Australia. Uh, it wasn't in Australia. I'll, give you that. I'll tell you that much. That's, I won't give you too sorry, many that's hints. That's the one I was thinking of. Uh, it doesn't live outside Brisbane. No, it's in North County Dublin somewhere. Not a million miles away for, from where I live currently, actually. But I'll go no right. uh, more specific than that. What about yourself, well, no, yeah. Barry? Well, I got, uh, I'm back from uh, Deutschland, yeah. um, uh, where I was for uh, uh, WXW Weekender. Uh, this was my first time doing their World Tag Team Festival. Um, they do two big festivals every year, 16 Karat Gold and the Tag Fest. Um, this is my first time. This is my first time doing two in one year. Um, mm. And it was tremendous, again, as it always was. Uh, they had about as much of an uphill battle as humanly possible um, on this weekend. I have not known a weekend of shows to be as cursed uh, uh, and plagued with injuries and pullouts as this. Um, they were running against a uh, WWE UK taping. Uh, so Team White Wolf were pulled. Uh, the WXW Tag Team Champions going into the weekend were Aussie Open, and then Mark Davis got hurt, so he got pulled. Um, Bandito injured his knee at the Ring of Honor pay-per-view the previous week, so he got pulled uh, about Wednesday of a, of a series of shows uh, that were supposed to begin on Thursday. Uh, similarly, Eddie Kingston... Uh, word got out Thursday morning, I think it was, or, or oh wait, no, was, Eddie was actually before Bandito. Eddie Kingston got pulled uh, a couple of days beforehand, and not only was it a bummer because we couldn't get to see him, but he was also uh, David Starr's partner, and obviously David Starr is a huge uh, factor in all of WXW storylines. Uh, as the weekend got officially underway, people were still pulling out. Veit Muller, who's a big uh, 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 local kind of homegrown star He had some kind of family emergency He worked in the Friday show Which is the first day of the actual tournament And then he missed all the other shows that weekend uh, Soraya Knight The mother of uh, WWE's Paige uh, She was a big one for me You know, Check her off the old buck list Something of a, of a legendary figure on the European scene uh, She pulled out on Friday um, and I, I, there's others I'm missing, and obviously then uh, Walter was not there all weekend. He was originally announced for uh, the Sunday only, because obviously he'd be at the UK tapings Friday and Saturday. He then also did not make the Sunday show. Um, so anything that could have gone wrong went wrong on, uh, on that weekend of shows. But to their credit, I have to say... The weekend overall was a tremendous success in terms of just fun activities and good shows. And also the quality of the wrestling was was, was generally pretty good, once again, as it usually as it usually is. Um, uh, so uh, in total that weekend, I saw um, five wrestling shows. Um, with, these, uh, with these WXW weekends, the way it works is they have a Friday, Saturday, and Sunday night are tournament shows. Uh, and they also have, like, you know, non-tournament action. They're, they're you know, quote-unquote regular shows. And then uh, Saturday morning and Sunday morning, they have kind of bonus shows. Uh, Saturday morning was a Femme Fatale show, which is a kind of one-day tournament uh, of women's action. And then Sunday is uh, Ambition, uh, which is their kind of shoot-style uh, uh, show uh, featuring none other 
than Scotty Davis uh, mm-hmm. from here in the old Irish scene. Uh, got over like a million bucks. He then was featured on the main show later that evening. He was great. Um, and it was just, it was tremendous. Um, I, I, as I often do when I've come home from these trips, big, huge recommendation for anyone, anyone who wants a, a nonstop weekend of wrestling. That That's the important uh, uh, qualification. You have to, uh, you have to love, uh, not just love wrestling, but you have to be up for a lot of it. Uh, one mm-hmm. thing I will say, less traveling and arsing around than WrestleMania weekend. I was I was staying in a venue very, very, very close to the to where the shows were, which is good, but uh, it is a lot of wrestling. But yeah, really, really tremendous stuff. And um, yeah, and uh, I flew home from a uh, different airport that I usually do on these trips. I flew from Cologne, which I had not been to before, and I did not know the layout of the airport, so I rushed through security without realizing that the only thing on the other side of security is a little vegetarian pop-up shop thingy. (laughs) And let me tell you, after about a four-day bender, uh, because that's the other thing, by the way, I think I slept about eight hours across the whole weekend um, uh, just drinking nonstop. I mean, I, I, I really, it was very, very heavy. I could have done with some grease. I could have done with some meat. I could have done with some chips. But I passed by, you know, the McDonald's in the airport. I passed by all that stuff. And I was like, no, no, let's just get through security because we haven't done this airport before. Don't want to don't wanna make any mistakes. We'll eat on the other side of security. And we couldn't. So that was good. Uh, thanks for that cologne. Um, and so <laughs> I ended up curing my hangover with what, I, what they are very generously calling a pizza slice. Um, and I tell you, it, was, it looks pretty basic when I bought it. It's even more basic when I picked off the tomato slices off it. Was it. it was a lettuce leaf with some carrot slices on it. And it was like some, some very, it was like, yeah, it, it was very mildly be described as pizza because there wasn't a lot of sauce or cheese on it. It was very much just bread with some tomatoes. And I obviously, don't, I don't like tomatoes, so I picked those off. So that was weird. But other than that, uh, yeah. Um, so, so, uh, yeah, WXW weekends always great. If you're a European wrestling fan and, and a, you know it is splitting the difference between a, a WrestleMania weekend and like a music festival. I mean, it is it is great. Uh, there was the bowling again on Friday night, which is tremendous. How'd you get? Uh, uh, I did terrible. Mm. Uh, Surprise! I've, I've done a couple of. Uh, we did a practice round before we went. I did better at that. My performances have been wildly inconsistent. I did much better in March than I did here. Um, overall. My team placed fourth, and it was very much me who dragged us down. And so we would have gotten medals for coming third. Uh, we lost out to uh, the workhorsemen and Dominic Garini. Um, we were very salty about that because they were right next to us in the lane. And uh, JD Drake of the workhorsemen, that is that that is one man who is always in promo mode. And God, he was funny, but uh, he he relished he relished beating us. Um, but uh, but yeah, really great. If you you know if you want to save a few bob and go on a proper wrestling holiday, good wrestling, great fan interaction, good crack, nice people, and and just uh, a really really eclectic mix of people. Even with all the pullouts and stuff like that um, uh, this weekend, like you know I got to see like you know easy. David Starr, Scotty Davis, but then also like you know Dominic Greedy and and people like that. Um, uh, uh, Alexander Dean of the Irish wrestling scene. He was on the ambition card um, on Sunday, and he was shockingly great at that style 
better at, at that style than anything I've ever seen him do in, in you know a traditional wrestling match. That was really a surprise. Uh, so yeah, thumbs up as always. I will be going again in March for sixteen karat gold. Uh, and uh, yeah, they announced Chris Ridgeway and uh, Mike Bailey for that in March. So that's good. Um, other than that, uh, I think yeah, I think business as usual uh, uh, here. Um, you know, got some games, got some movies, got some TV shows to talk about. Um, yeah, not a whole lot. A, a, a shit ton of wrestling going on because, because, like, I remember I was flying over uh, uh, for for WXW, and of course, I was watching the debut episode of Dynamite on the plane. Hmm. Um, and then we've now had a second episode of Dynamite. We've had NWA. I'm still watching MLW. Even though it's not really my stuff, I'm trying to... I, I was kind of checking in on WWE because... Um, be, well, because they've shows on, you know, uh, uh, like notable shows. Oh, I'll tell you what was hilarious. Uh, Sunday, uh, Sunday, which is the last day of the WXW weekend, we were flying home Monday. Me and my, my pal Sean, we got back to our hotel room, having an old chat. This is about like 5 a.m. We were, we were very, very drunk. Or, or no, it would have been a bit earlier than that. Uh, we were very, very drunk and just, you know, checking the old phone before going to bed. And just seeing live, we weren't watching the actual show, but just seeing everyone lose their fucking minds as the Hell in a Cell main event was happening. <laughs> if I had had a network subscription, I would have fired that bad boy up to join it in progress. But, oh, man, when you're when you're not watching a show and there's something all-time bad happening, it's very funny trying to piece together what's happening. Uh, uh, from the reactions on the old Twitter, that's good. Uh, but yeah, that was my uh, that was my week there, and uh, I suppose we can uh, we can jump into the to the various guffs if we have them. Yeah. Uh, who wants to kick off Telly Guff? Uh, well, I started watching the second season of Disenchantment on Netflix. No, you didn't really like the first Disenchantment, did you? I no. Um, I wasn't super hot on it, but at the same time, I didn't um, dislike it. I I just found it kind of middle of the road, maybe in between your your six out of ten, seven out of ten, yeah, region. But it's only ten episodes, and they're only twenty minutes. So, given that I watched the first season, and it was a fairly easy watch, if nothing else, I think that's the big thing about it. It's very uh, digestible. Yeah. So. I've watched the first couple of episodes of it. Um, I'm liking it a little bit more because so far it is far more kind of serialized in the sense that the story continues from episode to episode rather than each episode being standalone. Um, so I'm enjoying it so far. Um, but yeah, you're right. Season one I didn't you know, fall in love with. I thought it was fairly fine. Um, because it's a similar vibe anyway they haven't uh, very they haven't similar yeah yeah, yeah 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 so i mean if you enjoyed the first season i think you very much enjoyed the second season for That's me good. yeah I'll, I'll, I'll check yeah it's kind of more suited to my taste anyway so far um but i kind of want them to be more out of the box with like one of my things about season one is that they they almost didn't do enough with the the fancy setting and and really dig into that in a creative you know surreal way um, but so far, they're, they're kind of doing more of that already, even in the early kind of first couple of episodes. So, thumbs up so far. We'll see how it develops. Um, that's it. I haven't watched the latest South Park yet, although I've heard it's got very good reviews, which is good, because I 
thoroughly disenjoyed the first two episodes. Um, but knock, oh, really? knock on wood for a good third episode. Um, but apart from that, I haven't really been watching much else. Still digging my way through the Red Letter Media backlog. I've only got like three more episodes. One best to the worst and then the two latest reviews and then I'm all caught up. Oh, I still have um, I still have quite a few of those myself, actually. I just, there's been so much stuff on lately. I haven't got a chance. I'm I'm kind of cherry picking, like be- um, half in the bag and stuff. When I yeah. watch a new release and there's a half in the bag, I'll watch it. Like I watched the Joker one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I have a big backlog of like best of the worst. I just made a I just made a YouTube playlist and I I downloaded some of them off YouTube just to stick on my tablet so I could watch without an internet connection. And I found, yeah, fairly quickly, I'm kind of making my way through them. That's it. Alrighty. Uh, sticking with the Netflix originals, I started Big Mouth Season 3. Oh, uh, yeah. Love Big Mouth, love Big Mouth. Season 1 and 2, tremendous. Uh, one of the best, net, certainly on the comedy side, one of the best Netflix originals, I think, to date. Uh, just two episodes in on Season 3, so, you know, early days yet, but, you know, that's... Not blown away, unfortunately. Um, uh, same, same basic premise. It's you know, it's an animated uh, 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 comedy about about uh, kids going through puberty and and uh, with occasional music musical numbers. Uh, one of which was very, very good. Um, but uh, not, not no uh, not a whole lot of laugh out loud moments so far, unfortunately. And this is this is a show that proper in in, in season one and two properly has had me cackling. Uh, not bad. But not uh, not blowing me away just yet. Uh, so I'll probably I'd say by this time next week I might have it finished because um, uh, they're short seasons. Or not short seasons, but I uh, like Disenchanted. They're twenty minute episodes and they don't they don't dump a whole lot out there at once. So I'll come back on that. And also I I'm not quite up to date, but I've watched the first two episodes of the new and final season of The Good Place. Um, and that I mean that's a very very consistent show. Um, uh, the first two episodes, good, uh, funny, easy to watch, and 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 uh, you know uh, some nice little character moments in there as well. It has a lot of heart. Um, yes, I I'm very confident based on those first two episodes that they will absolutely stick the landing, uh, and and this will be a show I will fondly remember. Um, kind of bummed that it's it's ending, but also uh, um, I feel they, they got kind of they got kind of very creative in a good way with the story uh, towards the end of like season two and season three, um, but. Very much, they very much twisted the concept a lot from when it launched. So I think it's good to end it here rather than dragging it on longer than it needs to go and um, uh, and all of that. So 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 far so good on that one. That's a show that Matthew uh, watches. The Good Place, worth a watch. Have you have you yeah. have you not watched it? No, I haven't checked it out myself. I think I think you'd like it. I think you'd like it. Maybe no, no, no. Season season two is bad. <gasps> really? I didn't like. I didn't like when they rebooted the whole thing. Well, that's that's my thing. It's like I that didn't bother me, but I can also, even in not bothering me, I can kind of see how okay you can't you can't do this show forever because you've already you've already gotten away from what season one even was. Mm. Um, um, it's just completely. It's like starting with completely new characters. You, you kind of the whole yeah. season of character development. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, I suppose literally that is true. Yeah, they, I yeah. Mean, they restarted. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I I'm liking this one so far. Um, I think I think you'll enjoy it, Paul. Okay. Um, 
Uh, yeah, and that's. I think that's it for Telegoff. No one else can anything. Telegoff. We're whipping through the goffs here. No, I mean, same goes for Big Mouth in terms of like, I'm definitely more willing to give these like 20, 25 minute episode shows a watch rather than the kind of one hour commitments of other series that I kind of find it hard to get into or committed to. I still haven't gone back to. I never finished season one of Mindhunter. I think that's probably part of the reason. It's like, and it's a slow hour as well. Like, I liked what I saw, but man, it's long. Um, yeah. I forgot to add that to the list, actually. I've been watching, uh, watched about four or five of those yesterday. Uh, still on series one. Um, but I did, so I watched the first episode ages ago and just kind of didn't really get into it at all. Um, but watching it again, started to get into the kind of relationship with the two main cops, yeah. uh, which is really good. It's, it's, it's an interesting show, yeah. It's pretty slow. It's not because it's not really a kind of investigative show. They do get into some cases, but most of it is them doing a study. <laughs> not always kind of fascinating television, no. but uh, yeah, it's, it's it's good. I'm enjoying it. I'll burn through the rest of that soon. Uh, that reminds me. Actually, I, I forgot one thing. Uh, Joe reminded me there on the, the criminal subject. I watched a, a terribly named series uh, i watched the first episode of criminal uk oh yeah uh, criminal united kingdom which is i guess a netflix version weird show very weird show because obviously as the name applies it's it's about it's a, a cop show based in the uk but it's insanely mm. stylized uh to the point it looks like it's kind of set in like i don't even know because the the, the cat it's, it feels like it's set in present day it's set in present day and the characters all feel very normal modern day british cops like not entirely dissimilar to, to something you'd see in light of duty but the set design is like bizarre it's a lot of neon um it's kind of futuristic in that regard it's just a very weird show um and there's only three episodes in the first season i don't really know what format the whole season is going to take i think it's a different case on in each episode um and it kind of seems like the the focus of each of the episodes is going to be the cases and then the any overarching narratives between the actual characters themselves are kind of just there for flavor text mm. uh, more, more so than anything else. Um, it's, it's interesting. It's interesting. The first episode is about uh, David Tennant plays this um, adoptive father who uh, is being questioned about the, uh, uh, the murder of his stepdaughter um, mm. who he was last seen with. And it's pretty much set entirely with an interrogation room and you get little bits of oh well you know this officer thinks this but this other one and other than that but the vast majority of it is is uh, set within the actual interrogation it's 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 interesting if you if, if you like that if you like that kind of um uh that kind of cop show i think it's worth a watch but i've i've only watched the first episode they've also done cr criminal france criminal germany and criminals criminal spain Ah, oh, right, that makes sense, because I thought it was just a very terrible name. It's an anthology series set across four countries, consisting of four miniseries with three episodes each, filmed in their respective local languages. Criminal, okay. it's called. I wonder, I wonder if they all have the same sense of style. Because uh, it's jarring, it is very... Especially having just watched Light of Duty, like, like now watching this show featuring UK police officers in what, I mean, looks like a fucking cyberpunk fucking dystopian <laughs> future. Very weird um, so yeah, that's uh, that's Telegoff for this week. Uh, uh, very brief movie, uh, music golf rather. I actually listened to an album this week. Oh my god! Ooh. 
that that a very common occurrence for me. I was just I think this is the, uh, just, just over the weekend. I had a quiet weekend, so I was doing a lot of a lot of lazing. I said stick on an album. I, I listened to Hollywood's Bleeding, which is the third album from one Post Malone that all the kids like. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't. I've never really. I can't say I've ever. I've enjoyed a song or two, but I've always, he always struck me as kind of a weirdo. And anytime I ever tried to listen to any of his albums, it's like, okay, this is this is a guy where the singles are pretty much it, and, and there's nothing else there. But I'd say I enjoyed this album quite a lot. Um, he's very weird, kind of genre hopping in a lot of ways. I guess you could pigeonhole him as a as a a rapper, but there's also kind of a lot of uh, I I don't know, fancies himself as as something more than that. Uh, you know, you've kind of got some kind of, uh, I don't know how you'd even describe it, some kind of country elements in there. Um, it's weird. It's 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 kind of, it's hard to describe, and I, I think it kind of overachieves in a lot of ways. Um, uh, I really enjoyed it. I, 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 would, I would recommend people give it a shot. Um, uh, a, a very easy listen, and, and, and it's a, a unique album, to say the least. Like I said, I, I wouldn't quite pigeonhole it as just a rap album. Uh, there's some other stuff on there. So yeah, that's a thumbs up. That was Hollywood's Bleeding. That just came out this year. Um, I said I said I'd give it a shot because obviously it has uh, the song from uh, Into the Spider Verse on there, which is Ooh, great. Yeah. Um, that's one of the better kind of licensed songs in a movie in recent memory, I think. Um, and I'd heard like one of the other singles off there, Goodbyes, which is really really great. One of the better kind of you know popular singles I've heard this year. And I was like, hey, maybe this, maybe this, maybe, maybe I'll give Mr. Malone a shot here on this this year album. And it was good. I enjoyed it. So, uh, so that's a recommendation from me. I listened to uh, a few albums uh, so as well, but they're not new albums, and they're, okay. al- they're by people you know nobody would have heard of. Mm. Uh, first album is called Preserved Emergencies, and it's by a group called Venomous. God, and preserved Preserved Sorry. Emergencies. They sound a little bit like Interpol. So, if people are into Interpol, they might enjoy that. Um, even though Venomous sounds like it would be a, a hardcore band or something. Yeah, they really aren't. Uh, quite good. Uh, album of the week, which is from two thousand and four, uh, "Face the Music" by Melody Club. They're like a Swedish synth pop group. They're very good as well. And uh, I was listening to some of the Mercury Prize nominees for this year as well. And uh, I'm re- I'm listening to some Idols lately, and I'm really enjoying their stuff. They are good. If you if if you want to see if you people don't know of them if you've never heard of them before, uh, highly recommend you check out Idols, and that's I D L E S and the song, Never Fight a Man with a Perm, the live performance from the Mercury Prize, twenty nineteen. Uh, you'll either love it or hate it, but uh, that's it there. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, if, if you're if you're into people like, stomping about like they're on cocaine. Uh, you'll probably oh, hear. it's very odd. Yeah. Um, that's it for me. Alrighty, bringing back the old music off there. I love it. Yeah. Um, I've been listening to Killers Hot Fuss a hundred times a week as well. That was great. Really? Oh yeah, I love Find it. Me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's a classic. I didn't realize how good the bass riffs were on that album, but if you just listen to each song, the bass guitar, oh, fucking brilliant. Especially on um, Somebody Told Me and Jenny, Jenny's a friend of mine. Brilliant. 
Right, come on, game uh, guff. Game guff. Uh, I'm still playing Control, still enjoying it. Um, obviously, I got kind of derailed a little bit there by the Germany trip, but uh, mm. still playing it. It's good. Uh, on the Germany trip, I did bring my Switch with me. Uh, I, I started Ape Out, yeah. um, which is kind of one of the more notable indie games of the year. Ape Out is a kind of top-down, kind of a dual-stick shooter, but you're not really shooting. It's top-down dual stick controlled game basically it's wonderfully animated it kind of has um uh i don't even know what era of animation you put this on it's kind of a minimalist kind of weird art where you're playing an ape trying to escape from various um uh uh enclosures they're they're all very uh, sinister i think the first kind of world for lack of a better term you're escape you're escaping from lab. Uh, the second world, you're like trying to get out of a high-rise tower full of SWAT team members. Uh, and it's a two-button game. You basically walk around as the ape, and the the right trigger shoves enemies, and when they hit a wall, they explode into a pile of blood and limbs. And the left trigger grabs the enemies and uses them as a human shield. Um so very, very basic, but there's a little bit of uh, tactical stuff to it because your character is quite weak. You can only take a couple of hits. Uh, and when you grab the ca- when you grab enemies as human shield, after a few seconds, they fire their gun so you can use them to kill each other. Uh, the big drawing point is is the style. It's uh, It looks very kind of hand-drawn and uh, very, very unique style. And it's all silhouettes. There's no details on the characters. It's all silhouette outlines. And the soundtrack is tremendous. The soundtrack has a kind of a freestyle kind of jazz sound to it and it picks up with with your actions uh very very cool very stylish game uh the gameplay is is basic but they uh, uh it's it's they roll out enough little tricks uh, over the course of the different worlds to, to keep you interested uh but yeah that's you can probably get that on on uh, most of the consoles it's on on sale at this stage i got it for less than 20 quid uh i'm playing it on the switch and it's really good it's a good travel game uh that's ape out uh, and that's really it. Nothing else new for me this week. Right. Uh, well, I've been playing some more PES, the football game. Uh, enjoying that. Took me a little while to get used to the rhythm of it. I haven't played FIFA for the last two years. But uh, I'm kind of getting into it now. Turning the, the difficulty up to near the top difficulty, which is where I usually play. Um, uh, enjoying it. I'm not doing too great. I'm like fifth in the league. But uh, it's only by a couple of points. I think I'm four points off top. There's a lot of teams all squashed together at the top of the league there. But uh, it's very satisfying. They've made some notable changes since the last time I played it, which I do like. Little animations and little gameplay changes that make the game a little bit more cerebral in how you play it. Unlike FIFA, which is just fucking run up and down the pitch and stick it in the top corner from 35 yards out. Pez is a little bit more um, methodical and chess-like in terms of how you kind of knock the ball around and draw the opposition defense out before maybe making a little over-the-top ball out to the wing and whack it in the cross and flick it into the far corner or something. Um, so really enjoying it. Uh, despite the real-world football woes of late but the game is the, the game is good fun the game is the game is the game is good i also uh signed up for that free month of apple arcade since i still have one of them 
Oh yeah. Apple devices. I've uh, a 2018 iPad, and I've been playing some What the Golf, which is uh, a thoroughly enjoyable game. Um, without getting too much into it, I know you guys don't anyway have Apple devices to play it on, but um, it's a surrealist uh, golf game. It's described as a golf game for people who don't like golf. Um, so the first hole is a straightforward. It's like a I guess like a crazy golf um, course, right? And you knock the ball in. Yeah, hole in one, woohoo! And then the second one, you, you line up your shot the same way, but the club goes instead of the ball. And you're shooting the club up the course into the hole. And it just gets crazier and crazier and more and more surreal and encompasses references to other popular media, which I won't spoil if you ever do get a chance if this game eventually comes out on Android or Switch or something. It's um, yeah, with with this and the untitled goose game from a few weeks ago. I don't think I've laughed out loud at games in a long time, probably since uh, the South Park games. And even this isn't like comedic as much as just so so clever and so so dumb in a sense. And it's it's just excellent. It's just so so much fun. Um, so if anybody out there has uh, an iPhone or an iPad, definitely check out the Apple Arcade because you get the first uh, month for free and then I think it's like five euro for a month after or something. And the games are really, really fun on it, especially what the golf. That's the top one that I've come across. Uh, and that's it for me, for the games. So I guess we can move on to the movies. Okay. Um, uh, who wants to start on the old movies? Um, oh God, I've only got uh, one old movie to talk about, which was well, actually we watched Super Bad on Friday, but I've seen that about fifty times, so I won't uh, go through that again. Um, yesterday we watched uh, Labyrinth, nineteen eighty-six fantasy film starring David Bowie and Jennifer Connelly. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, one that I watched as a kid and then didn't see for a very, very, very long time until I think maybe last year I finally rewatched it. And um, that's a fun little film. It's a very fun little film. Yeah. It's like, it's a bit like Lord of the Rings, but not long and boring. Because um, <laughs> she has to <laughs> go on a quest through a maze to get to David Bowie. Yeah. And he's there. He's got a little tighty, tight tights on. Yeah. Is is you know <clears throat> on, proudly on display is um, Major Tom. Well, why are um, we looking? For well, why are we looking well, I wasn't. No, I wasn't looking. It's just that Michelle pointed it out, and I said, "Well, you shouldn't be looking." And um, <laughs> so I, I was just, I was just checking it, you know, make sure everything was all right there. Yeah, that's all right. Nothing wrong there. Um, so that was good. So David Growey is what you're saying. Oh wow. God rest him. That is what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, yeah, good songs, good little story. Um, and I like puppets. Puppets, not pixels. That's my mantra. Yeah. Well, I've always said... Every, every time. Although they kind of come out earlier. I've always said, that, you know, the Star Wars movies at their best are, you know, are 80s fantasy. Yeah. You know? Like, the best bits of... 
Empire Strikes Back and the best bits of Return of the Jedi are the are the bits where they're like Labyrinth and they're like you know your uh, what's the one with Warwick Davis in that one Willow when it has that kind uh, of feeling like when he meets Yoda in Dagobah and the whole uh, Jabba the Hood palace at the start of mm. Jedi like that a- 80s fancy style that's that's what I like the most about Star Wars yeah little weird creatures going yeah Oh yes, I can show you a door. It's good. That's oh. the one. Things flying around and shiny things. Don't yeah. Absolutely. Now I don't think I've ever actually watched Labyrinth in its entirety. I've seen bits and pieces of it. Yeah. Um, some bits very big in David Bowie's trousers, and uh, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> David Blowy. Um, oh, he's dead for Christ's sake. That's okay. He lives on through Labyrinth and his other movies he was in. Um, and his music, of course. Um, <laughs> now I've watched bits of it because I definitely have very vivid uh, images in my head of like the the very start of the movie with you know the baby in the crib. Yeah, uh, I can I can remember that scene quite well, and. Where they meet Bowie at, and his little friend at the start when they first meet him, I can remember that scene. And then there's just like little flashes here and there, but I couldn't tell you what like the climax of the movie is or what the various little things that happen yeah. are because I don't think I've actually sat down and watched it through. But that might be one. Is that on Netflix or? Uh, watched on Now TV. Now TV. Okay, we might need to check that out at some stage. Yeah, check it out. Yeah. Um, well, I watched only one movie this week. What? Uh, a little French film called Joker. Oh, oh Bon. Uh, watched it in the cinema. I don't think I've ever seen the cinema as full as it was. Yes, I just saw this last night, a week after it came out, and it was fucking rammed, and I had to sit at the very front. Oh, no. Because uh, we ordered our tickets uh, a day in advance, so we got all right seats. But we ar- arrived at the cinema ten minutes before the advertised start time, i.e., half an hour before the actual start time. Right? Queue to get your tickets first of all from the little ticket machines. So I've already ordered my tickets, but I have to queue to pick them up. Then a queue to get actually into the screening area. And uh, I, I noticed on one of the screens while we were kind of waiting, it was advertising the upcoming showings for that day. And I noticed that not only was our screening sold out, this was at 7.40 on Wednesday evening, right? But also the next showing at 8.40 was sold out as well. I was like, fuck. I've, I've, I've never experienced the cinema as busy as it was. It was crazy. Um, and yeah, like I said, I think, I think our screening was sold out. Um... But anyway, when it comes to the movie, obviously it's been very divisive. Yeah. Um, on one hand, people saying it's kind of you know reminiscent of things like Scorsese movies like Taxi Driver and King of Comedy. On the other hand, people are saying it's kind of mock intellectual, you know, nihilism for babies 101. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, which I all of which I think is fair, and I really liked it, but I think it's fair. Um, so in terms of where I came down on it anyway, for, I I thought it was really really excellent. Um, my favorite movie of the year so far. Um, I kind I can see the the parallels with stuff like you know Taxi Driver, and yet I think that kind of I think it's a disservice to both Taxi Driver and Joker to say that Joker is just a, a taxi driver ripoff. I really don't think it is. I think Joker is definitely its own, you know, unique uh, idea. Um, and one thing that kind of struck me as unexpected was how much I enjoyed it outside of uh, Joaquin Phoenix's performance. Because yeah. going in, I'm thinking, okay, it's directed by Todd Phillips, who did, you know, the three Hangover movies and Road Trip, which I've seen, and is trash. Um, so you know Joaquin Phoenix will undoubtedly be great but how good is the movie going to be outside of that and I was really surprised by how much of it I enjoyed outside of the central performance like I thought it looked great um, yeah. some some shots especially early on there's like there's, there's this one set, set of stairs that he kind of goes up and down throughout the movie and it's just like this endless staircase go it feels like it goes up like a kilometer and then there was one shot also early on probably 99 percent people who've seen the movie won't even remember what i'm talking about but there's this one shot after he goes up those stairs for the first time the next shot is like him walking down this street and it's on like a slant but the buildings aren't slanted the buildings are going straight across which gives this kind of uneven mc escher feeling to it and i was like that's a you know, a perfect shot for a movie like this about a character like this. Um, and yeah, I, I, I thought it was um, really, really tense. And I thought it was, you know, bits of it were properly horrifying and disturbing. And not in the way of, you know, superficially, you know, jump scares or whatever. I thought it, it, it kind of gave me the same visceral feeling that watching a really good horror movie does um and i love that i love that the film gave like got a physical reaction out of me um especially towards the end um undoubtedly the performance you know is excellent as you would expect um there were maybe two things in it that i wasn't super hot on um so there's one bit where there's uh, a reveal. I won't obviously say too much about it, but there's a reveal. Let's say that it's like um, Joker steals an item, right? And it, it you don't see him take the item, but then later on it's like, oh my god, there there it is. But then it cuts to like showing you him with the item in like three different places. And it's like, okay, yeah. I, I get what the reveal was. You don't have to then show me multiple times like i'm an idiot i know know the exact scene you're talking about and it was kind of like that is one of the small little few instances where you can see the film's weight as a a hero property yeah uh maybe came down it and someone along the way said this reveal needs to be a bit more obvious I think it's a good reveal, and I like that story beat. I, 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 yeah, I could have done without them saying, just in case you didn't get it, folks. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I, I, th- I loved it as well. But it, they really had to lay it out for you. It's like, the thing I could liken it to was in Venom, 
which there's there's one scene where they have the venom contained in like a room and it escapes out through a shaft in the window and you see it go out or a shaft in the ceiling and you see it go up through the 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 ceiling and disappear but you still have to have the shot of the two scientists outside turn and look in the window and go uh where did it go I saw it. I, I saw it go. You don't have to spell it out for me. I, I can watch a movie actually, and understand it. Bringing up Venom is interesting because I think there is a lot of conversations to be had about these two things because you have the you have these two kind of iconic villains being given their own standalone films without their heroes in it. And yeah. to say, obviously, it is night and day in terms of how well they were done is uh, is quite something. Well, Venom played it really really close to your typical template for what a superhero movie is you know you have especially for venom you have the uh the classic uh the villain is just a different color venom and you have you know the 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 little comedic bits of hey i'm getting used to my powers and you know it played a very very close to the chest and very safe whereas uh I, I think this was closer along the lines to something like a Logan in terms of the risks it took and and in terms of how well they paid off. Um, there's some really, really shocking bit. And now, I must say as well, I understand completely now how people who liked The Witch felt. Um, because I went, to see, I went to see The Witch and keep in mind, this is completely my subjective point of view. I totally understand people who loved it. And to be honest, I wish I loved it. Because it's the kind of movie that I wish I loved. But I didn't. I I thought it was silly, hokum nonsense. But I was like laughing out loud throughout The Witch. Because I just found it so dumb and so silly. And I was watching Joker. And the funny thing about Joker, no pun intended, is... and, And this is one thing I really liked about it as well when I talk about the filmmaking. Whether or not it was intentional, I don't know. But the film has, like, a comedic timing throughout it, right? But the tone of the movie isn't comedic. So something will happen, and in a normal... I would even say in a normal Marvel movie, my, you know, in my uh, unconscious reaction would be to laugh because the timing of what happened, whether it's, you know, a noise or a shot or whatever, the timing of it is such that you go, oh, that's made to be funny, that's made to be laughed at. But because of the tone of the movie or, or things that were happening were so horrible, um, I, I would almost have to like fight against myself. My brain would think, no, don't laugh at that, that's fucking disturbing and horrible. But the timing of it would, would, would nearly, your, your, your chest would go to laugh at mm-hmm. the same time as your brain would say, no, don't laugh at, laugh at that. So you're kind of at a, you know, conflicting with yourself. Which is kind of the point, I guess, of the Joker character anyway, right? Like, to give an instance that, again, Barry would get. There's one scene in the second half towards the end where he gets visited by two of his friends, right? Mm. And something happens there, and one of the characters is, like, um, over in the corner of the room. And he has a reaction on his face that the crowd laughed at. And I was like, oh my god, these people are laughing at this movie. This is fucking ridiculous. This is so, like, a, a horrible tonal thing is going on here. And people are laughing out loud at it. And it clicked me. That's how people watching The Witch would have felt when I was laughing out loud. So I totally get that now. But um, 
um i thought it w- i thought it was really excellent i thought the performance was great i thought the story was great and went in really interesting and cool ways um i thought the like the last hour or so was like really really excellent really memorable stuff um i'll go see it again easily i enjoyed it that much and yeah i'm just i'm just happy that a movie like that can come out and i'll go and not only will i you know enjoy it but i'll be scared by it i'll be at the edge of my seat with tension and it'd be a superhero movie is just you know proof that people can still make these great kinds of movies rant over yeah. i think i think that was a very uh, uh succinct summary of it all i i loved it as well um i i am also going to go see it again um i just i just loved it and what i thought was interesting was for the first half of it i was like uh, they're not really playing this as much of a comic book movie which in a way in a way i thought was good but then i was like eh, i also I, I don't want it to just be a movie about some guy who you then call the joker you know what i mean i was like uh, but then i think as it went on it still, while remaining grounded in reality, I think it split the difference quite well while still making him that character. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it, I mean, uh, it, it definitely is, is more grounded in the first half than maybe the second half. Yeah, a lot of the, um, uh, without getting too much into specifics, I'll, I'll, you know, they, you can kind of see some of this stuff in the trailer. Some of the, um, uh, some of the kind of uprising of the, of the Gotham residents is a little rushed and, and you know, uh, some some leaps of faith are taken here or there, but other than that, it is very much uh, feet firmly on the ground. Um, well, that's definitely yeah. something that I, I've kind of seen as a criticism afterwards, but I didn't really feel that while watching the movie. So, yeah. you know, it's not that big a problem, at least to me. Um, the other thing that I kind of went at, and I guess it's a little bit of a spoiler, so I'll be very... Uh, vague about it but there was a let's say a, a very very short scene that was very reminiscent to something that we've seen in another Batman themed movie or movies mm. and I was kind of thinking to myself was it Ben Affleck hitting someone with a sink <laughs> I was thinking to myself, do we need to see this again, again? But it was kind of done in a, in a, in a different way, so I didn't really mind. But um, yeah, ten out of ten, I gave it the first ten of the year, the only ten. Damn. Of the year. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, like like I said, I love that you can go see a movie and maybe even not have the highest of expectations, which was certainly the case for me here. And like I say, really enjoy it. And even get kind of a, a physical reaction out of it, like watching a horror movie. To be honest, if I was to pick a genre for it, I would say it's probably more a horror movie than anything else. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Well, that's that's Joker. I'm sure most of you have seen it. Um, if not, I'm sure you will see it. And feel free to pop us a mail or send us a tweet or do whatever it is you want to do with your thoughts on it. Um. Okay. Let me see here. Uh, so, has anyone else watched the Breaking Bad movie on Netflix yet? No, I'm uh, gonna watch it this week. Hopefully, I was going to, but then I saw your lukewarm review, and I thought, actually, mm. do I want to sit through two hours of Better Call Saul? 
Yeah. Do I, do I bury? I don't know. Do you? I mean, I feel like... I feel like... <laughs> like, if you call something a Breaking Bad thing, I'm probably going to watch it. Obviously, I have not kept up with Better Call Saul, but fair enough. <sighs> oh, excuse me. Oh, just talk about this movie gets me bored. Wow. Um, uh, it's weird. I... I don't know if this movie was good enough to justify revisiting Breaking Bad is my, my ultimate takeaway from it. Um, it wasn't bad. It was nice to be back in that world with that character. And, and it has that same style and tension, which is good. But it uh, when it was all said and done, it all just felt so unnecessary. And like it came about because the right people struck a deal rather than the right people had the inspiration to make another chapter in that story. Um, mm. Yeah. And there's some fan servicey stuff in there, which is nice, but that does not, you know, a great movie make. Um, yeah. So, and I know they have made a deal to do more of these. I think this isn't the one and done. Um, I am curious what else they could possibly do. Uh with this, so I'm interested to hear your two takes. Uh, I, some people love it; it's being very well received critically. Uh, you know, um, I I feel like of the people I know who've watched it, I'm fairly low on it. But uh, yeah, outside of the novelty of it being made, new Breaking Bad thing. Eh. Well, one thing obviously I haven't seen the movie yet, but one thing I was talking about in the week to somebody was that I kind of haven't held on to this emotional connection or this nostalgia for Breaking Bad since it ended compared to some mm. other shows like, you know, your your Lost of the World and your you know, whatever else that even after the show ended, I'm like, well, I'll, I'll always have a piece of me that, you know, loves that show and while I wish they would never go back to it, I'll always enjoy that show and always, always love it. I still just Breaking, like while Breaking Bad was going on, I was completely in on it. I loved it. I thought the quality of the show was super high right up until the end. But then kind of once it ended, I just imme- almost immediately became like emotionally disconnected from it. Um, I gave Better Call Saul a try, watched the first uh, season, didn't really care for it at all. And, and now this, this movie is out and, you know, I, I don't have um, I don't have a connection to these characters anymore. I don't have, to be honest, I don't even really remember what happens at the end of the sixth season because I watched it once when it aired and that was it. And because, uh, I think I think it'll come back to you. It'll come back to you because it does pick up immediately after. But one thing I will say about what you might get from the movie, Percy, I will say that my issues with it are not because I had many of the same issues with Better Call Saul as you did. Yeah. Um. So I didn't have any of those issues with this. Um. This feels more like they picked up the people like. At parts, that feels like half the people involved with Breaking Bad made it, and it's like not quite as good. And please, no one yell at us that it gets better in the second season. None of us bothered. I've heard it's very good. Um, uh, this does feel like Breaking Bad. It's just, I don't know. I just, I don't know why they made this. I really don't know why they made this. Um, yeah. And yeah, if you if you have if you're saying you you became emotionally detached once it was done, I think you might get less from it than than I did. Um, well, what I mean is, like, of, I guess well, I, I I moved on from it for once. Yeah, term, you know. I feel like I'm not saying that people who like this movie are like 
fanboys of it, but it seems like people were just getting way more mileage out of, oh, we get to see Jesse again. It's like, yeah, but doing what? He's not doing anything really interesting in this movie. Um, it's it To me, a lot of it just seemed like people were excited to have Breaking Bad back in some capacity. Um, uh, and, and that's it. Um, so, yeah. But I, I, I hope you, you can watch it soon, because I'm interested to hear what you think. Yeah. Um, but yeah. That's my that's my my guff for this week. Well, I mean, if nothing else, uh, El Camino is a really great album by the Black Keys. Well, what else do you need? We can listen to that for next. A little week. bit of bonus music off there. If people haven't checked out that El Camino, it's well worth a listen. Um, yeah, I, I've a few cause since I'm coming up to the end, as I mentioned earlier, of my red letter media watch through. That's kind of been taking up time that otherwise would have been spelt watch, spent watching movies. So I'm hopefully going to, this week, have a chance to watch that, as well as some other bits and pieces that I've kind of had in the background for the last few weeks. Um, including, as I said, El Camino. Right. Joe. You. I believe you have a, a little game for us. Well, I do. I do, Paul. Um... Listeners may remember that Paul debuted a new uh, quiz some weeks ago called uh, Songs of Rays. Um, uh, similar, similar to the uh, Carl Pilkerton creation what? Songs of Phrase. Well, don't say that, Joe. But, uh, uh, I'm not giving it away. It's an original idea. Um, well, I, I kind of took Paul's ball and ran with it. Yeah, and, the, and the full title uh, is Songs of Rays like Mysterio and Phoenix and that. Yeah, sure. Um, so I've, I've created my own. Are you ready? Yeah. That's ready. <laughs> I like it. I didn't, I didn't hear it there. Was it played again? I heard it, but I can't work out what it's saying. Oh, go on. Oh, I know at least I know the last one. Oh, oh, God. I think I know the second lesson. Paul, show that again. Give it to us again. I think I know the first one. Do you want to guess any of them, or shall we leave it for the listeners? We leave it for listeners. We'll come back to it. <laughs> okay. Last uh, show of October, we'll, we'll reveal the answers, and we'll, Barry and myself, try and guess it. I know okay. the first one, I'm pretty sure. Okay, so those will be revealed um, start of next week's show. Um, no prizes, it's just for fun. It's for funsies. It's for fun. Come on, we're having a fun time. Yeah, but actually, I can tell you the phrase, can't I? Yeah, yeah, yeah you can do that. Yeah, that is ooh, a little bit of the bubbly. Ooh, a little bit of the bubbly. Yeah, um, yeah. There's four four songs in there. So, uh, artist or name of song, if you want to email in, just for fun. Chairshotpodcast <laughs> okay. dot com to do that. Love yeah. it. Yeah, very good, very good, very good. 
Okay, well, it's that time of the year. Uh, well, not necessarily that time of the year, but it's that number of the episode where... That time of the year. <laughs> where we bring in our friend Scott to do our annual quiz, what he does with us. So let's see if he uh, is going to join us on the call. And see what we can do. Here we go. One second out. Let me figure out how Skype works. Here we go. Ba, 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 ba. And here he is. Here I am. Welcome. Skype. Skype. Here he comes. Welcome for the 200, 250, 300, <laughs> 400, sixth time. Scott wow. Yes. Thank you very much, and and I will say it again, Paul. That little retrospective you did was a trip down memory lane. Oh yeah. So for people who don't know, or if people's feeds aren't working, I put out a extra episode yesterday, which is just a compilation of all the times we've done this quiz, going back to episode two hundred. A little bonus for the listeners. It's yeah, like, like two uh, hours long. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's so much of us this week that no one asked for. Um, hell yeah. I actually had just been listening to them for no reason other than I knew this episode was coming up. So I listened to the one from episode 400. And Natty was lying in bed and I just had it on through the speaker. And then we said, okay, put on 350. And we just went backwards through them. Back to episode 200. <laughs> any any trends that you noticed uh, on, on that um, every single time, as Scott says the name of an episode, I go, "Oh, that's a rubbish! All our episode names are rubbish." As if I'm saying that for the first time. I say it every time. Uh, yeah, uh, maybe if we uh, came up with better names or something, uh, mm. I don't know. But you can't start start names. It's, it's only been 450 episodes. Prawn Michaels was a great name title. Yeah, until WWE came in and said, no, don't be selling that anymore, baby. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck are we, RevPro? <laughs> <laughs> Let us sell a shirt, for fuck's sake. We're taking food off Shawn Michaels' table. That's what we're doing. Yeah. In terms of, like, winners, I, I don't think there's any, like, I think it's like each of us have won two or something. It's all over the shop. Okay, well, in that case, then this one is for all the marbles, baby. Ooh, hello. <laughs> <sighs> so we're, I think we're all ready, Scott. All yeah, right. good. We, 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 yeah. Okay. We've all been waiting. Brains focused. Yeah. All right. As always, we'll take this trip down memory lane and see what you guys can't remember. Episode. We'll start off with episode four hundred. The last time I was here, X forty. When one of the hosts said he was wise beyond his years, who replied, you mean wide beyond your years? <laughs> <laughs> That's really the good thing about this quiz is we get to laugh at our own jokes. Um, <laughs> well, someone's got to laugh at them, Barry. Uh, all right. Huh. Oh, God. Who, okay, who is both wise and wide? Well, who said it and who was it said about? We'll go with that. House. Okay. I'll give you a chance for two points. I'd say it was me to Barry. I also think it was to me, and I, yeah, I'd say it was Joe saying it to me. Mm. I'll say that I said it to Barry. How about that? Well, you got half of it right. It was said about Barry, but it was indeed Joe that said it. 
Ah. Yeah. Crap. <laughs> Episode 402, Wrong the Truth Killings. <laughs> what a great quiz that was, by the way, Wrong the Truth Killings. I don't remember what the rules were or what the quiz was. It was, it was like two truths and a lie, I think it was. Was it? I don't know. Yeah. Okay. What actor did Barry say looked like Hitler that caused the hosts to flip out? <laughs> I can't remember that at all. Uh, looked like... Oh! Oh, fuck. An actor looked like Hitler. Oh, I yes. do remember this. Who the fuck was it? Hey? Oh, this is going to be annoying because... Chaplin, no. He says the Chaplin, first of all. No, it's not Harry Chaplin. Chaplin did look like Hitler. That was the thing. <laughs> that is fair, yeah. <laughs> that was his gimmick. Well, I think Hitler looked like Chaplin is more accurate. One of them one of them had it as a gimmick. I don't know who did it. Chaplin saw like private party and street profits. Chaplin bit Hitler's fucking style, that's what it was. Thirty years before he was born. Well not born. I don't know. I've no idea. Ewan McGregor. Ooh, McGregor's a good one. Ewan McGregor. I was gonna say Ben Affleck. Just because he's kind of kind of chubby and evil, I'll give you a hint. He transposed the first and last name, or close there. Mm. Ooh. Ooh. I, don't know. I have no idea. Absolutely no idea. Let's pass. All right, Trevor Noah. He was thinking of Noah Noah Taylor. And he said, Trevor Noah looked a bit like Hitler. And you guys flipped out and said, what? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that makes sense. Uh, Episode (laughs) four. No points on that one. Episode 403, Parts Known. (laughs) (laughs) That was good. That was good. What movie was being talked about that led Barry to say, it's a great great movie about fucking kids. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know, any of Polanski's maybe? Oh, oh, it, might, it might have been. No, that was. Oh, I'm going to make a worse joke. No, we'll stick to that. Uh, a great movie about fucking kids. I, I don't think we. I don't think we were discussing the '90s film Kids at any point. Um, <laughs> No, I mean, a movie that came out last year that's predominantly about of kids in it, like It or something. But then that was it like years ago. It wasn't a movie that came out in the last year. You guys were just Oh, about. there you go. Oh, man. Maybe It Chapter One, something like that. No, that, that very distinctly did not have kid fucking in it. No, but you just said about fucking kids. I don't think you literally meant. Oh, I thought. Oh. Mm. I'm okay. interpreting the quote here. Well, lots of movies are about kids. Mm. Uh, oh, fuck. I have no idea. I'll look it up and let you know when the movie was made. or what. <laughs> give, us the, give us the year of the movie. That's what I'm looking up right now. Two thousand eight. <laughs> 2008. Uh, uh, Superbad? No, that's 2007, I think. Well, whatever. I'll, I'll, I'll keep my guess going. Okay. 2008. 
I have no idea. Joe, got a guess? Um, Home Alone 4. Die Hard 5. The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. Mm. <laughs> okay, okay. I've never seen that movie. Me neither. I think I reviewed it. If, if there's fucking kids in it, I might give it a miss. <laughs> well done. Uh, episode 405. Especially if it happens when he's a little old man. <laughs> episode 405, Rolling German. Who opened the show with the question, where did your life go wrong that you're listening to this podcast? <laughs> uh, that could be any of us, to be honest. Mm. I'll, say, Joe, I'll, I'll say Barry. I'll say Joe. I'll say Barry. You have a guess, Barry? Okay. I said me. I said myself. Okay. Yeah. Uh, actually, you're all wrong. It was Paul. Uh. <laughs> Same episode when talking about Jim the Admiral Neidhart's passing. Who said he looked like a combination of Dr. Robotnik and Beaker from the Muppets? Oh, Lord. <laughs> I want to say Paul. <laughs> that is the greatest. Oh God! Um, tears, I in my, tears in my eyes. Doctor Robotnik. I don't know if that's a reference that I would have though. Uh, I think that might be me. I'm gonna say Barry as well. Yeah, because I don't know that I would go straight to Doctor Robotnik or Beaker. It was indeed Barry. <laughs> Points on the board. And this happens to be the episode that I. I typed down which is the best new character on CSP this year: Barry Sniffles, Paul's Gerbils, or Joe's Police Siren. Or I could have thrown in Joe's motorcycle as well. Uh, it's got to be the. Pl- I think the Police Siren is preferably. Got to be the Police. Iconic, be the police. <laughs> yeah, only one more week of that, and we'll be moving. No more uh-huh. sirens. So. Good to hear. Appropriate. We'll have to get you a little button or Fire something that says the siren. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The ambulance. Episode 412, Sparkling Walter. (laughs) So dumb. It's a good sign that you've taken an interest in beating someone. Who was that said about? (laughs) One of the hosts? Me, (laughs) I would assume. I don't beat even up, really. Uh, Yeah, I'll say that was said about Paul. I'll say about me. Well, it was indeed said about Paul. <sighs> so, as it stands right now... I'm not a violent man. <laughs> you were actually talking about a video game. <laughs> well, if I remember correctly. Uh, we'll go one more, because it's episode again. Episode 412. You banned Will from emailing in. Who else oh, did you ban from emailing in that episode, who then emailed in the next week? I remember banning Will. Um, why was it? He recommended something I didn't like it or something like that. Yeah. Um, who else though? It might have been. Might have been you, Scott. <laughs> um, I don't know. I'll say Michelle. Could have been Michelle as well. I'll say Scott. 
Oh, well, you're no, all no, 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 Shay and Brennan. Okay, you're still all wrong. Uh, Paul, you banned Dave Meltzer, <laughs> and then the next oh, week he so yeah. gave you minus five stars. <laughs> Which, by the I way, that was, in a way, you did ban me because I was the one who sent that email. <laughs> of course, yeah. Paul was like, "I don't want my answer to that Kane mankind question." I, I still haven't got. Of course, you haven't. Well. If he ever makes it over for a stadium show, I'll be sure to ask him. So far, we're sitting at Barry has four right, Paul has three, and Joe has two. Okay, we're doing good. Episode 413, Historic Men's Podcast. What food did Paul say he could give up that absolutely blew Joe's mind? Hmm. Um, I mean, I'm guessing it's either something that I would be really unlikely to give up. Yeah, I, I, I think it like there was a specific question asked that week that said, yeah. "Would you rather give up A or B?" And when you said A, Joe lost it. <laughs> God, it would have to be what? It would have to be something I like it was, I think it was chips. I, I'm gonna say I was thinking chips, but I'm gonna say burgers. I think I think burgers. I think it might be burgers. Well, Joe was the closest. The question was, could you give up crisps or chips? And yeah. Paul, you said crisps. Absolutely, I still stand by it. <laughs> chips are the foundation of every good dinner. Crisps, you could go. I could go months without crisps. Episode four fourteen. Bald Michaels. <laughs> brother of Ron Michaels, who had a time hop show up on their Twitter saying Lost Matadors looked like a pair of queers and Caitlin was stung by a hundred bees. queers. Wow. Caitlin. I liked Caitlin, so I don't think. I think it was Paul. I think, it, I think it was Joe. It's both homophobic and misogynistic. So I'm guessing Paul. <laughs> it must be Paul. Uh, but no, I'm going to stick with Joe. <laughs> well, I know for a fact it was me. <laughs> it was indeed, Paul. It was indeed. <laughs> oh my god. I can't, okay, let's just dissect this for a second. I can't believe that, first of all, I wrote that in the first place. And then mentioned it in the last year. <laughs> well, you did say this wasn't the, the, the most politically correct thing you've ever tweeted, but... <laughs> I love that. Fair enough. Also, I would wager not the least! <laughs> Fair enough to bit that's, that's another time hop for another quiz, I'd imagine. <laughs> Lost Matadors, but Caitlin looked like she got stung by 100 bees. It's a great line as well. <laughs> I, I apologise to um, Fernando and Nino, or whatever the Matador's names are. Uh, don't, get the, don't get the names wrong on top of everything else. My I God, you were going to apologize to the bees. And to Caitlin, yeah. who somehow looks even worse now. Oh. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> oh. Episode 420, Belly and Shook. What music app did Barry discover at his mom's that he was surprised to find advertised on TV? Ooh. 
Oh. Mm. Music. Hmm. Well, not Spotify, I, I would assume. Maybe something else. Um, mm. Advertised on TV. Um, Maybe something like the the now. That's what they call music. Was that's there an app? Or exactly something? what I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah. Now that's what I call music app. Yeah, I didn't want to answer because I actually yeah. The, there was a now. That's what I call music ad, and then at the end it was like it's an app now, and I was like, what? <laughs> if you if you have the if you have the mental capacities to to know what music streaming online is, why would you get the now? That's what I call music app. Yeah. Anyway. That's the that answer. Is, that is correct. Okay, so we remembered something. There we go. Yep. That's, and it's evening up a bit here. We're sitting at Barry and Paul are at five, and Joe is now at four. I do love going to my mams and saying, oh, this is what they advertise on TV. What the fuck? I'm going to have to delete Time Hop off my thing, by the way. That is ridiculous. No, no, you got to keep that on there. You got to keep that on there. Right? Might want to keep it on there so you know what to delete <laughs> for the yearly. When it comes up. The Matadors look like queers post. Yeah. There if it is again. <laughs> if you ever, uh, you know, if ever you want to sign with WWE, the time hop will be useful for what you need to go back and get rid of. Um, so if ever you want to sell out, you know, go corporate. And yeah. Keep that. <laughs> Which I'm sure, listening to this, they are just they cannot wait to to send the deal our way. Well, just wait. It's going to get better. What TV theme did Barry mix up with a Christmas song? <laughs> it was a cartoon TV theme. Mix up with a Christmas song. Oh. Um. God. Frosty the Snow. That is that is a Christmas song. <laughs> 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 um, White Christmas. Wait, no. Uh, <laughs> Jingle Bells, famous cartoon. Um, oh wow! Okay. I'm I'm drawing a blank. I'm right. complete. Like a uh, Family Guy. Paul, um, a guess. I will say it was the theme song of the Wacky Races. No, it was the Flintstones. He thought it said <laughs> Christmas is a gay old time. <laughs> wow, I guess that sounds familiar. That same episode. What did Paul say? Would you just fucking die already for being 102 years old? <laughs> Uh-huh. 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 U
Have you seen have you seen these fucking AEW guys? I mean what is what is up with that? <laughs> well you, she's never been on the show, to be honest. Have you guys seen this Vince McMahon by David Lynch viral video that's been going around? Yeah. I, I assume the conversation is very like that. <laughs> do or die. You do. He dies. Ashes to ashes. And dust to dust. What are you talking about, you on cocaine or something. <laughs> Madman. That's libelous. Anyway. Yeah. Episode 421. The 2019 OTYs. Who got an honorable mention in the award show for the Chris Jericho Stupid Idiot Award for poking myself in the eye and not being able to see shite? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to be barrier myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um... Uh, Paul, I think. Yeah, I think I've had the more the most eye injuries in the last year, and I do remember yeah, I, I do remember poking myself in the eye at one point. So I'm gonna say it was me. Paul. I think it's Paul. It, it was indeed Paul. Yeah, that sucked. By the way. <laughs> <laughs> Episode four twenty two NXT UK Brexit edition. Paul joked about throwing something at a person who was slumped over in the front of a store who was most likely dead. What did he say he threw? And bonus point, if you know how we know he didn't do it. Uh, I'll say a Coke can. And we know he didn't because he wouldn't waste Coke. (laughs) (laughs) I have no idea what this is. This answer will will go back, and if you've listened to the episode you posted yesterday, the trip down memory lane, this will reference that as well. Uh, but I, li- I listened to that, and I have no idea. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I saw his phone. I don't know. It's probably probably something in reference to me that I used to throw money away. But I don't know. Like the little one and two cent coins, but I, I don't know. It was coins. Oh, oh, he couldn't have done that because he throws his coins in the rubbish. Oh, <laughs> of course, of course. I haven't done that in a long time, by the way. We have a little piggy bank now here in the room. They'll go in there. Uh-huh. But I did used Ep- to do that. Yeah. Episode 425, Chair Mania 9. 9. When it, when it was mentioned that Vince McMahon was starting to look like Mae Young, <laughs> said, yeah, his titties are flopping out all over the place. <laughs> I'll say Barry. Yeah, yeah, it must be, must be Barry. That was me. I remember that. <laughs> yes, indeed, it was Barry. <laughs> titties. <laughs> oh, <sighs> discussing Roman Reigns' return for WrestleMania, who said? Do you think they'll insert him into the main event for the fifth year in a row? Make it Roman versus Charlotte versus Becky versus Ronda? I'll say me. (laughs) I'll say say Barry. I think it was me as well. It was Joe who said that. (laughs) Very good. They they didn't in the end. No, Absolute cowards. <laughs> All right. Episode 427, Indie Fatty Bull. <laughs> God. 
who did Joe do an impression of that made Paul say, that's quite disrespectful, but also quite humorous, so I'll allow it. <laughs> Our show slogan. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll change that on the website from Inside Free Wrestling Banter 2. Well, that's quite disrespectful, but it's humorous, so I'll allow it. Um, I don't know, had someone just <laughs> died recently? <laughs> um, In a manner? Uh, Joe did an impression. <sighs> God. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, um, I'll say Ric Flair. <laughs> um, we haven't actually had that many notable wrestling deaths this year mm. we? um I don't think of any Bruno died this year was that last hey? the floopy man Bailey murder Bailey's that was on Smackdown this week <laughs> um Bru- yeah but Bruno wasn't someone rife for parody um no I'll say it was uh the queen of England um, I'll say Jim Neidhart. Well, you're all wrong because he actually did an impression of Barry. Oh, oh. of course he'd allow that. Of course he'd allow that. Well, Barry, you weren't there. They had declared you dead. Ah. Oh, that old chestnut. That old chestnut. <laughs> well, maybe show up once in a while, Barry, if you don't want to be announced dead. <laughs> Got me. He's either in dead or Germany. Slammed. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. Episode 428, Jordan Peele's SummerSlam 94. <laughs> what movie did Paul not like that caused Barry to say, oh, there you go, making us think you aren't racist anymore and then proving us wrong? <laughs> I mean, going by the name of the episode, you got to think that it was us. Yeah, us. Yeah, that makes sense. And also, this is the time frame, I would say us as well. Yeah. That is correct. It and also, us. I didn't like it. Which yeah. Yeah. I, I ended up also not really liking it that much either. So we're we're, we're joined together by our well, racism on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Episode 430, The Big Daddy of Them All. When Joe said, well, it was the hardest one, and Paul responded, well, we were just talking about wanking it. What was being talked about giving up, being given up? Honestly. <laughs> uh, um, giving up. I'll give you a hint. It was Lent. Ah. <sighs> See, I don't know uh, if this is like a real story or... Because I, I, I remember as a kid, I had to give up playing the Super Nintendo. And that was fairly hard. Uh, yeah. Wait, wait. It was Joe who was doing the giving up, wasn't it? Oh. Joe said, well, it was the hardest one. And Paul responded, uh, we were just talking about wanking it. Um. Uh, oh, that's tough. Uh. I'll just say chocolate. 
Yeah, chocolate and sweets. I said crisps. Paul, you should have stuck with your instinct because it was you talking about giving up video games for ah, There you go. There you go. Alright. These next two might be my favorite two of the batch. <laughs> Alright, here we go. Episode 436. It's always sunny in Kildare Elfia. <laughs> when talking about breakfast, who said she doesn't mind your vinegary sausage? <laughs> 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 that was me. <laughs> to Paul. Yeah, Joe. Well, I remember. I remember those sausages. So. They were good. <laughs> yes, indeed, it was. That was that was Joe that said that. The next one, episode four thirty seven, medical illness. I've been shit on before. Was exclaimed by which host? <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> I think that was me. I'm not sure. I've been shit on before. I'll say Barry. I don't remember. I'll say me. Paul, you did indeed exclaim that one. Yeah. Was this in reference to... I don't remember if this was that long ago, though. A bird shit in my head. <laughs> yes, it was. Weeks ago, yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was standing right beside the spire in Dublin City. So it was like, not only by the biggest landmark in the city... But there's like it's just a big pole. There's nothing for birds to perch on, so it was just a lucky, a drive-by essentially, a fly-by shit. And uh, yeah, right in my head, ridiculous. Episode four forty-one: The Dad Bod Order. Which event was called a day for a bunch of slappers to get pissed in public? Oh God. <laughs> Oh, oh God! Um, some a concert of some kind. Um, oh, what was yeah, this was this was that couple of weeks where I just used the word slapper nonchalantly. Oh God, that's really annoying. I feel like I can remember who it was. It was this is a gig in Dublin, wasn't it? I think I know what it was, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep my cards close to my chest on this oh, one. Get, oh. get the point on it. Well, part two of this is who said it. Well, I, I think we know that one, uh, Scott. Yeah. Was, did he say it about Ariana Grande? I don't. I don't think it was. Joe, um, do you have a guess? God, he was a little mix. I think it might have been uh, a Westlife concert. Uh, no, you all got ah! the event wrong, but you got who said it right. Well, yeah. Paul did say it, but he said it about Pride Day. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> it's also true. Sense. It's also true. Homophobia and misogyny. No, no, it's not homophobia. Ain't racism. Well, Joe, think about it. Racism. The slapper is going to get pissed. They're the true homophobes. Think about that. How, you, how can you help for good at getting pissed for prize? No, I'm there really thinking about, you know, I hope that all members of the show... Oh, fuck! I'm not, oh, I'm not abusing their day as an excuse to put me dick. brightest of bright orange tans on, brother, looking like the Hulkster, <laughs> and going out on the lash. Oh, very great of you. Also, I wish to take back that one time I said that about Adora's, you know, 
So, yeah, you've had quite the episode defending the honour of pride. Anyway, who are the little queers in the mask? <laughs> <laughs> I've also said, I've said worse than that on this podcast, which I'd also like to apologise for. It's um, crazy. Because there was one episode, Scott, I don't know if you remember, probably, probably about in the last two years, maybe a year and a half ago, I brought up what it was, and it, on the episode was just like a fifteen-second-long beep. Um, and I will n- I will not reveal what that story was because it was very, very bold <laughs> of me. And I, but I was young and naive, and I take it back. Yeah, I do think I remember at least one time where you guys bleeped something out in the last couple of years. So we don't beep much, to be honest. Uh, it's no, often often stuff in reference to that- the first couple of years on the podcast. All right. Also in that dad bod order episode, what movie did Paul say was not that good that pa- that caused Barry to say, well, that's absolute bollocks? <laughs> um, God. I don't know. Um, we, were hardly, we were hardly still relitigating the raid, too, at this it stage. It was a very big movie. And it has sequels. Uh, oh, I want Joe to go first because I think I do know the answer on this. And this was episode what four four two, four four one, four four one. So this was only a couple of months ago. Um, yeah. Not that good. See, I think a lot of the movie, aside from the raid two, which is like the over the top comical CSP reference now. Yeah, I don't think there's that many movies that we kind of disagree that much on. I, I remember, I remember the exact conversation. I'm gonna let you two guess. Mm. Not that good. Um, I don't know. Toy Story. Paul. Uh, Personally, I like. I'm with Barry on this one. Mm. Well, not everyone can be right. That's okay. Um, I don't know. I'm drawing a blank. Okay, I'll Barry, do you want to give it away? Right, it was John Wick one, right? Yeah, it's not that good. I mean, two is far and away, far and away, the best of that trilogy. Uh huh. But one is the one that has the kind of the cool moments in it. You know. I know I do this every time John Wick gets referenced, but I'm going to do it one more time. Hey, that fucking nobody, that fucking nobody is John Wick. And then I go, ah, he said the line from the trailer. Um, and also Kevin Nash is the person, which is pretty cool. He's the one you sent to kill the boogeyman. In the Baba Yaga. But, like, apart from that, it's it's kind of too reserved, and the, 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 the climax of the movie is kind of boring and kind of flat. John Wick 2 is, like, stylish and excellent and really cool, and then John Wick 3 oh. is a little too silly. Keep in mind, the ending of John Wick 1 was meant to seal the movie off in case it didn't do well, and they didn't do a 2. Yeah, I wish they did that. So it, I it wish they did that at number off. 3 as well, because that ending was kind of dumb. Anyway. Anyway. I mean, I Episode. don't hate it. It's like, it's John Wick. The first John Wick's like a 7 out of 10. It's pretty good. <clears throat> It's not the raid to. It's not one of those conversations. Like, yeah, fair enough. What actor did Joe say was a grumpy old fucker? 
De Niro, maybe. Maybe Clint Eastwood. That's a good one. Um, Michael Caine. Michael Caine? <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm sorry you think that about me, Joe. Master Bush. <laughs> Michael Caine only gets grumpy when you're only supposed to blow the doors off and you blow other stuff off. What's, well, what's the answer, Scott? I didn't hear your guess. Oh, well. I said De Niro. Ah, no, it was Harrison Ford. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I watched a great clip of Harrison Ford, actually. Today? Was it today I was watching Harrison Ford? Or was it last night? When he, uh, with him and David Blaine. When David Blaine does the trick with the card in like, the orange. Yeah. Harrison Ford, the, the great one-liner, just goes, Get the fuck out of my house. <laughs> <laughs> which is great and actually Harrison Ford was also the answer to a question on last year's quiz which was which behind the scenes documentary was I mad at because you didn't get to see an, a door fall on an old man <laughs> Yep. <laughs> and it was uh, Force Awakens you don't get to see the bit where a door fell on Harrison Ford and like broke his leg or something it's a shame it's a shame because that would have been really funny. Episode four four two, and the title of it being four four fucking two. Who said I like me a nice juicy whopper? And that's not a euphemism. <laughs> I do like a juicy whopper, so that that's might well be Paul. me. Because I don't really eat whoppers. Yeah, oh, really well, yeah, that was indeed Paul. Well, it's the, the best of the the cheap burgers out there. The Whopper. And I'll say, I'll tell you, on a saucy day, I might even have a double Whopper. Alright. Later in the episode, who said, don't worry, I got away diddle-free when talking about going to school? <laughs> uh, that might have been me as well. I think that was Paul as well when we talk, he talked about being a Catholic school. Yeah, might have been. Barry? Paul. I think I think it was me. Uh, no, it wasn't you, Barry. It was indeed Paul. Yeah, I went I to know. I went to a Franciscan school. All right, episode four four four, fair in height four four four. Paul watched a documentary on dogs. Can any of you finish this sentence that was said about the breeds of dogs? Wiener dogs for getting into tunnels, German shepherds for shepherding German people, and bulldogs for blank. I'm, I'm afraid to answer this one. <laughs> uh, the answer will not get you in trouble with anyone. I, I, I do love... I, this must have been like Barry and Joe said it because it's too clever for me. I don't know if German Shepherds for shepherding German people. That's like a Troy McClure line on The Simpsons. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> Bulldogs for. <laughs> I don't know. Um, uh, bullying people? Uh, Joe? 
God, I don't know. It might be something like um, uh, accompanying the British Bulldogs to the ring or something. Not to pass. No uh, idea. Paul? Yeah, I'll, I'll say just uh, being with the British Bulldogs on the wrestling. That's close. Uh, they were for laughing at. <laughs> so that was. <laughs> what famous director did Barry call, quote, a sissy bitch who loves drama. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever it is, they've been slammed. <laughs> the director is a sissy bitch who loves drama. Ooh, God. I don't know. Sissy bitch who loves drama. Oh, I know. I think I, I, think I know. Gary? Um, any idea who you called that? Let me see. It says he bitch he loves drama. I think I know. Uh, I'll say... <laughs> the, uh, Spike Lee? No. Okay, Joe? Um, I'll say Quentin Tarantino. Paul? No, I think that I think that might have been Michael Moore. That is correct. It was Michael Moore. Wow. Fucking wrecked. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think the episode was called Fahrenheit four four four, wasn't it? See, listening to the episode names can be a clue sometimes, gentlemen. Love episode four four five: The Four Aquaman. On the show, and I'm going to take this completely out of context, who said, I didn't feel the length, so that didn't bother me. <laughs> Scott, you've got a juvenile mind. <laughs> um, I'll say Paul. Yeah, half of these are penis jokes. That's the <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just wait. Got one more question after this. Okay. I mean, I th- I think it, not to give it away for Barry. I think it was me talking about Aquaman because I I did like it and it is long, but it doesn't feel very long. Unlike David Bowie. Bowie. Oh, which of course, Scott, you haven't heard that bit of the episode yet, so <laughs> you'll know what that means Hello. later on. Yes, I will. Yes, you are correct. It was Paul talking about Aquaman. And then to finish this part off, episode 449, Haskin Robbins. Which one of the lads told us not to, quote, not picture Bray Wyatt ejaculating? God, this was last week. I don't have a clue. <laughs> <laughs> not to picture Bray Wyatt ejaculating. What would that be even, even be in reference to? I have no idea. I'd say it was I think, Paul. I think it's Paul. That sounds like his phrasing, I think. Because he would have watched... Oh, I think I know what it is. <laughs> I don't even know what it is. It was, it, yeah, it was, it was me, and I think it was me saying something like, um, "Seth Rollins had a look of frightenedness, and the fiend was coming." Yeah, the fiend was coming yeah. to the stage. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's very a good. Dumb quote that is. You guys actually did better this year than normal, as far as percentage ever. goes. Because there was twenty-eight questions. Barry, you had thirteen correct. Joe. You also had 13 correct. Ooh. But the winner this year is Paul with 17 correct. Oh, wow. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Wow. 
Well done, Paul. Well done, Paul. That's why they call me the big dog. <laughs> Come back from behind it as well. I seem to recall you were not doing well early, but you came back. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. And I do have a pick one for you guys. Since I didn't nice. email in this week. Your three actors are Bradley Cooper, mm-hmm. Chris Pat, Pratt. I was going to say, who's, who's that? <laughs> Chris Pratt yeah. and Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh, God. Not, not, um, not three boys I'm hugely in favor of. Uh, well, all three have been in Marvel movies. Yeah, yeah they've, 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 yeah, so you've got you've got you've got them you've got them secured. Uh, I think I might go Cooper. Well, Cooper, you have <laughs> Star is Born, yeah. Silver Linings Playbook, um, <sighs> Hangover, Hangover. Oh, yeah, more shit. Oh shit! So far. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he was in American Sniper. Uh, not good. Uh, he uh, was see, in... that's with the fake baby. Uh, yeah, but that's the only terrible scene in that movie. That movie is really good. Uh, Paul can have that some other day. Uh, he was in Limitless, which I did not see. He was in... Oh, he was in American Hustle as well, wasn't he? Yeah, I, I think Bradley Cooper's a solid pick here. Uh, Chris Paul... Pratt... Pratt for all your little dinosaur movies. Uh, Chris Pratt was in Dinosaur Movie, which one of them I liked, and one of them was Trash a bit. Uh, Chris Pratt also in the Lego Movie. Uh, oh, hello. Moneyball as well. Uh, yes. Oh, he was in her. He was in her Moneyball. He was in her. Yeah, he was 30. still a fat man in her as well. It's even funnier. Oh, these are some of these are pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was in the Jurassic World, as we said, it was great. Um. He was in Passengers, which was pretty good. He was in Magnificent Seven, which was... Ooh, nearly put me to sleep. It was so fucking boring. Um, he was in Gem and the Holograms, which I've seen. And, is, and that was terrible. Is I heard that rubbish. Horrendous. Yeah, because <laughs> The Rock is in it as, for two seconds. Hello, Dwayne. Um, uh, and then Cumberbatch. Well, you do have Sherlock, which I do like a lot. Tinker Taylor, Soldier Spy. You got Tinker Taylor, it's great. He's in Four Lions. Yeah, he's in 12 Uh, Years a Slave. Atonement. He's in... Star Trek Into Darkness. The Imitation Game, which is great. Yeah. Black Mass, which I like. Uh, He's in Thor Ragnarok as well, in a cameo, so... Penguins of Madagascar. Mm. Hmm. Hmm. I'm gonna have to go for Benedict Cumberbatch, but he is quite a strange-looking man. Can you look at yeah, that face for that long? But no, woo, 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 hang on, because all the movies I like are not ones where he's the lead. He's also he's ones where he had a small part. So mm. I'll go for old Benny Ben 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 Dick. <laughs> ben Dick. Cumbersnatch. Yeah. Oh no, that that is like the XXX actor parody, isn't it? Yeah, Ben's probably. dick commoner snatch. Oh, <laughs> Natty's just looking at me like, yes, that that's what it would be. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he was also in Zoolander too, which I thought was great. So oh. I don't care what anyone else thinks. He was great. Uh, 
like Cumberbatch as well. Although I do like uh, I do like Chris Pratt. To be fair. Um. So there you go. There's your answer. All right. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Have you seen Joker yet, Scott? No, I have no plans on it. Oh, it's really good. I. Good. The Joker is a sociopathic homicidal maniac to me. I don't need a backstory that makes him makes people sympathetic to him. Ah. The best villains in the world are the ones that you don't know why they're doing what they're doing. That's true. That's true. I, I think, nonetheless, I think Joker is an excellent film, and you should give it a watch. I think me and Barry were pretty aligned on that. But anyway, listen to the review, see if it convinces you. I think if you if you uh, if you see, miss, I think you miss now. Is. Yeah. Sure. If there's a day where you have nothing to do, and uh, go, go check. Well, it. I have I have five days with nothing to do, as I have next week off. Ooh, tasty. You can see it five times. So hello. Uh, oh, or you can oh, you use all that free time to like just about get caught up on all the wrestling that's on you know, on a weekly basis now. <laughs> well, I, I I pull a Joe on that one. I don't have cable, so I don't get to see any of it anymore. The only thing I could watch would be SmackDown. Well, I'll give you a little trick for that, Scott. It's called you steal it on the internet. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, yeah, you know, NWA free on YouTube. Yeah, well, I saw what your comments were about that, Barry, and I don't think I'll be checking that out. <laughs> don't, don't actually watch it. That's my recommendation. Oh my if God. I really wanted to watch wrestling, I have probably 50 wrestling DVDs that I haven't even broken open yet. So, yeah. There you go. Anyway, Scott, it has been a pleasure as always. That was a tremendous uh, uh, amount of effort that goes into that quiz. is always impressive. Thank you very much. Uh, it's, it's not as much effort as you might think. It's just a matter of tracking it week by week because I listen to you guys every week. I don't miss one. Well, so. that's more effort than we put into making the show. <laughs> <laughs> that's also more effort than you guys put into remembering it. So, Oh, God. Oh, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Thank you very much, gents. Cheers, Scott. Have a good... Uh, year, Scott. We'll talk to you again in 2020. Yep, speak to you again in 50 episodes. Hell yeah. Bye. Bye. Alright. Time for wrestling. So. Wrestling talk. So, on that uh, subject there, on the sign-off, did either of you watch the NWA thing? I watched it. And I loved it. It's a fucking Barry Murphy. All right, time for time for Joe versus Barry about NWA power. Go now, but okay. Now, what bit did you like? Because which okay, which bit was shit? All of it. Okay, no, I, I I'm being facetious. I I I kind of liked what what it was conceptually, but it's like I just did not expect that they were literally going to try and homage territory wrestling to this level like it was a lot it was a lot it was like eli drake and james storm like superimposed onto an actual set from back then do you know what i mean and i i just don't get what that's what that's going for you know well i i think it really took me by surprise and that's kind of why i liked it because that that style it's been so long since that was kind of done um not as a choice but just kind of out of, of you know having to do that. You know, all yeah. we've had since then is kind of arenas, either big arenas, shitty arenas, school gyms or stadiums. You know, no one's kind of gone back and done that style. And I, I, I can kind of see how maybe it looks a, a bit like nostalgic or sort of parody. But for me, it kind of was on the right line because it, it wasn't. 
although they, all the kind of style of it and the format was very, very retro, it wasn't like the, the promos and the things they were talking about were kind of uh, an attempt at throwback. It was all kind of modern, modernish promos, but in that old-fashioned kind of style. So that's what I liked about it. It kind of reminded me, it's a slightly strange comparison, but of Thor Ragnarok in terms of how it was a very kind of retro style, um, but with sort of modern content. Um, so I really, really enjoyed it. I thought it was good. I, know, I, I can see maybe it was a bit over the top in terms of how kind of, um, how sort of true it was to that old style. Um, but I, I thought it was fun. I actually watched the first, like, 20 minutes of it, I think. And I I actually did like the the style of it. The the studio setup and the interviews and commentary mm. being done on the same little area as the ring and everything. Um, I think, tonally, I, it was a little too kind of white bread for me. Um, like I thought Magnus's promo was delivered quite well, but he was just kind of not really saying anything and going around in circles. And I really liked <laughs> little little weird thing to take from it. I really liked the the first tag team who were on, the Dawsons. Their finishing move was great. The little like belly bounce into a like tombstone <laughs> slam. I was like, That's a great move. Why are more people it was with stuff like the Meltzer driver, we've gone too far. We need to rein it back. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I of of what I watched of it, I did enjoy. But with the amount of wrestling that's on, and again, this week I've watched AEW, NXT, and SmackDown. Um, for what NWA Power is, and okay, it's only an hour long, but it just didn't have enough to hook me. To, to kind of watch more of it, even though what I, of it, what I watched was fine. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I did like the promos. I thought, um, I I thought that Eli was Drake it. came off quite well. I think he's he. I know that your 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 TNA Mecca fans uh, were re- really high on him, but I think he does have a, a, a charisma and, a, and a, 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 a promo style that I think works as a kind of a callback to you know the Attitude Era and. I I I I would like to see him on one of the 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 bigger the bigger shows. Uh, as soon as he got into the ring, he's just a very very middle of the road guy. But he's definitely got a a promo style that you don't see much of these days. I think I, I think I think this setting does kind of work for him though, because in TNA, um, they just feel like he was doing an impersonation of a big star rather than being a big star. Whereas yeah. on this, he's like a big star. Mm. Uh, it's interesting. It's interesting. One thing I will say is the lesson between this and AEW, uh, the lesson from all this outside wrestling is that WWE really are the ones lagging behind in the promo department. Because um, uh, there, there were some fucking wrestlers cutting some wrestling promos on this show and AEW as well. Um, and it, the, the more stuff like this gets spotlighted, the more the, the the incredibly crappy WWE dialogue just stands out from the crowd in a mm. negative. Um, on that note, I suppose we can jump into Dynamite. I didn't get a chance to talk to you guys about episode one last week. I sure. really love. Um, I thought Dynamite was was really good again this week. Um, and I uh, I got myself the little, even though I kind of don't really fancy paying for it. 
Um, I don't have traditional TV to watch anyway, and I don't want to be arsing around looking for downloads. So I got the Fight TV gimmick, the the five euro a month. If 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 the TV declines, I won't stick with it. I'm not married to it, but um, you know, it's just it's just the most convenient way for me to watch. You know, on my way to work in the morning or whatever. Um, but I thought it was another really great episode, and I loved Jericho's promo. Uh, sometimes I think getting cutesy like that with the fourth wall stuff is, is a bit much, but I, I just think it's what that audience wants. And I love the idea of he shut down that we, the people chant and stuff like that. Uh, you know, a, a perfect way, uh, uh, you know, to, to do that and to, to kind of stop these people from chanting this old thing that you don't want anything to do with. Um, yeah, I thought it was just a, another really great show. What did you let think of it? I thought it was really good. Um, I think it's sort of sagged a bit in the middle, some of those matches. Um, I think it took me a while to recover from the Jimmy Havoc promo. Um, <laughs> I, I think my highlight was the opening match. I was absolutely so, so into that match. The whole kind of story. Uh, similar to week one, where my, my favourite match was the Riho and Nyla Rose match, even though execution-wise it, it wasn't the best. It had a really clear story. It had the kind of you know, David and Goliath thing, um, clear baby face in here, and then clear stakes. And I think similarly, um, Private Party and Young Bucks had a very clear story of you know the young underdogs trying to knock off the um, you know the best tag team in the world. Um, and the story was great. I was really into it. And the end when they when they won the match, one of the kind of most feel good moments I've had in wrestling in years um, since. Daniel Bryan won the WrestleMania main event. I was just like, they, it was amazing how much, because I, I kind of like thought they were fun going in, but during that match, they just really kind of won me over. Um, talk about making stars. I think they really did that in the opening match. Yeah. And one, um, one thing about Dynamite as well, which we talked about earlier when it comes to like uh, disenchantment on Netflix, is it's, it's an easy watch. Like that, that hour twenty, hour thirty, it just flies by. Um, which is unfortunately two weeks in a row now, not the case for NXT. I mean, we'll get to NXT in a little bit, but fuck, I don't know what it is. Whether it's the pacing, or whatever. But NXT feels like it's five hours long, and Dynamite just goes by at such a, a brisk pace, and it's just such an easy watch. It's great, and that first match was brilliant. Brilliant, and it was like the first twenty minutes of the show. It's just great, yeah, great stuff. And Jericho's promo, I really loved as well. Um, and I think Jericho's just one of those guys who can, you know, be funny and be serious, and kind of is is a jack of all trades. I loved when he was like, um, "This guy, Jake, Jake Hagar, look at him, he's giant." <laughs> Got a chuckle out of me. Um, called, called yeah, Spanish God or something like that. Something Look how like sexy that. he is. <laughs> I just love that. I don't know if he's in on the bit or not, but I just love that Jericho's hanging out with these young, cool wrestlers like Sammy Guevara and LAX. And he's like, yeah, we're just a stable of cool wrestlers. All, all of us. All cool. <laughs> also, this promo's shoot. That creative is bad. Am I right, kids? Uh, God, it's... And you know, you know Jericho. He... 
you know he hates working in that heavily scripted environment. He he loves any chance he get he got in WWE to take his cheeky little moments. You know when that crowd piped up, he's like, right here's my chance, and I'm allowed to do this in this company, and that means a lot to him uh, uh, as a performer, as it should. It's just like that, but that's what wrestling should be. You know what I mean? It's it's mm-hmm. it's. Um, you shouldn't see something like that and then read a story the next day that, oh, well, they weren't happy about this. He got told not to do that. He's not going to be allowed to speak anymore. Like, you know, any of that shit. Um, it feels spontaneous. Um, the Jimmy Havoc. So it was hilarious. It's like they're, they're redoing all classic Jimmy Havoc stuff for this new audience, but now he's like 40. Um, <laughs> and, and, it just, and he's t- a terrible actor. I mean, like, oh. Oh, that was bad. But at least Darby Allen won that match. Um, yeah, yeah the, ma- the match was fine as well. The match was all right. It was fine. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't have a problem with Havoc in that role. I mean, uh, yeah, Darby Allen is a hundred times the wrestler Jimmy Havoc is. To be fair, he's got he's got a bit of the old uh, he's got a bit of the old Jeff Hardy charisma. I think, um, in so much as that he's like this kind of weird guy who I think people find alluring, and it's not necessarily like traditionally good promos like he's not a good speaker per se but i think there's something about him that, that i think people well, he has the he, he has the body language yeah goes a long way as well but like he's the bonus that he's a really good wrestler is like well and they've, they've done a good job uh on both weeks shows so far to build up stuff going forward uh both shows have ended in a wild brawl which i don't know how long you can do that for but so far i think it's been intriguing um, and the brawls have felt good and entertaining. Um, you had Darby Allen on the skateboard at the end of this, which is great. Um, uh, and yeah, next week they've got uh, Darby versus Jericho and Riho versus uh, Britt Baker. Um, so yeah, you know, Dynamite, it's fun. We're into it. And like, and as you might, as, as they were promising, you know, minimal bullshit. It's pretty much just match, 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 you know? Mm. Well, that, that would be one of my slight criticisms. Like you retweeted that really, really good Moxley promo, um, where he walks into the arena and talks about being, you know, out for six weeks. That was fantastic. Why isn't that on the TV show? How comes I've got time for Jimmy Havoc to punch himself in the face, but they haven't got time to show fantastic Moxley promo? It, yeah, it's, I, I, I it's agree. Very strange. Yeah. Because uh, that promo was great, and and as much as I love the the all action stuff, it's like you can you can squeeze a little bit of of, of talking in there. I mean, obviously, the the I, I think the argument is just do it better and less fake and and lower quantity than WWE. But you can have they can have more than they have now and still not go overboard with it. But uh, but yeah, I think they need to uh, drop the, and I know they won't because the fans eat it up. But the the being the elite YouTube stuff. Like, guys like Omega, especially, but also to an extent the Young Bucks, I think it kind of kills their mystique a little bit as, like, stars when they're... when they're s- In terms of doing the show, doing the Elite show? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I mean, I, I think... Well, on being the Elite, I think they, they come off as goofy geeks, which... So, so, it's also not as successful. I think, I think the success of that individual show is overblown. Like, it's not watched by that you know what I mean? Yeah, but I've, I think I I don't watch it. But just being on the internet, you get exposed to like gifts and clips from. Oh it. yeah, totally. No, I get you. Yeah. And like when Omega comes out here at the end of the Moxley thing, I'm like, oh, they're superstar wrestler, best wrestler in the world, Kenny Omega, who's a fucking idiot and geek off that YouTube show he does. And it, it, I I wish I wasn't exposed to that 
side of it because I do think it lessens, lessens it for me. I thought Pac was great on commentary, by the way, during the Mox yeah. Spears match. And uh, he he was smart by only ever speaking when he was asked a question, which is fine because when he was then asked a question, he had a, he had a proper answer. And he he was always like, had an answer. Uh, yeah. I assume you guys buried Britt Baker last week for... Um, I don't think we did, but she, yeah, she was like a corpse in commentary. She was horrendous because she did. Now, I if you're, it's very hard. You don't want to speak over commentators and ruin the match. So if you don't, if you want to wait until you're asked, that's fine. But poor Jim Ross, he was like, "Oh, Britt, you were uh, obviously, you know, you're a multi-talented uh, person. You've uh, you worked very hard to become a dentist." And she was like, "Yes, I did, Jim." Uh, and then he's like, "And that, and uh, I think that uh, grit and determination can also be a factor in, in your uh, wrestling career." And she was like. That's uh, yeah, certainly, yeah. <laughs> and like that was it. Like, she was terrible. She was terrible, terrible, terrible. Um, yeah, Pack was much better. I'm I'm liking Pack a lot uh, uh, so far in AEW. They are uh, they're doing right by him, and he's certainly proving that he he was right to you know demand of of his use his his position uh, in WWE. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we're we're all thumbs up on the old AEW so far. So that's good stuff. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you know, it's still early days. We'll see where we're at. You know, in two months' time, you know, will they start? Te- will they start slowly integrating comedy? Will they maybe start? You know, will they start relaxing their rules about bad finishes and stuff like that? Uh, we'll see. It's uh, uh, it is still early days, but the early signs are very very good. Um, has anyone been keeping up with NXT? Because I said I would, but yeah. honestly, I just I. I just don't enjoy it, so I I really haven't found myself bothering. I have been. I th- I think it's um two weeks in a row now that they've had like matches as good, if not better, than AEW. Like again this week, despite that excellent opening match from AEW, like my favorite match of the week was from NXT again. But as I said, NXT for whatever reason it is, the matches are great. There's people on it you want to see. That show f- just feels so long. I don't know what it is because, actually, like okay, week one, I think Dynamite was like one twenty, but NXT was advertised as being like with limited commercial, and it went with an overrun. So actually, it ended up being about two hours ten. So it was like a good fifty minutes longer than Dynamite, um, and I, I just it just felt so long to me, and I just couldn't kind of, I didn't enjoy it because it was so long. Whereas this week they were both around one hour 30 but as i said dynamite zipped by and felt like a, a a fresh you know breeze of air and then nxt felt super long again i don't, I don't know what it is um, he has less of them than the main roster i still think it has too many of the annoying production trappings of wwe yeah it definitely um, feels very you know organized and produced yeah it doesn't have the spontaneity of something like AW, I suppose. But that being said, there were two matches that I would describe as very good, and one that was really, really top notch, which was my favorite of the week. Uh, two matches that were very good: Leo Rush defeated Drew Gulak to win what is now being referred to as the NXT Cruiserweight Championship. That's very interesting. Yeah. So that's obviously uh, an NXT thing now. RIP 205, I guess. Uh, yeah. So they had a really good match, as you would expect. Yeah, Leo Rush is great. 
Yeah, so. Um, also really good was Roderick Strong against Isaiah Scott, the former Shane Strickland. Yeah. That was as good as you would expect it to be. That was very, very good. Yes. Uh, but the best match to show, uh, Walter against Kushida in the main event. Oh, let me tell you, this was fucking good. <laughs> um, including, I don't want to spoil for people who do want to maybe check it out, uh, Kushida doing the kind of rolling Kimura from the top rope onto Walter mm. was something to behold. Uh, yeah, that match was excellent. Less good was, and I, I want to point this out because this guy's on every week. Uh, Cameron Grimes was on, the former yeah. Trevor Lee from TNA. Uh, he is shite, I'm afraid to announce. Um, every time he's on, he underwhelms. His promos are rubbish. His matches aren't good. I don't get why he's on every week. Uh, nothing else to notable to announce but uh those three matches were all really good and worth worth checking out but again as barry said it definitely feels kind of more procedural and more unexciting than something like AEW does and whatever that pacing issue is i I don't know they're gonna have to figure it out because they despite the matches being good it is a slog to watch at times especially when you know a match starts and it's like aliyah or uh, Kona Reeves, because they definitely have some duds as well mixed in with the good matches. But uh, I think we have Pete Dunn against um, Punishment Martinez, whatever his NXT name is, uh, next week. And that'll be, oh, yeah. That'll be good. Um, I don't remember if they announced anything else. Um. I also watched SmackDown this week. Uh, I didn't watch Hell in a Cell. I don't know if I, I I watched a bit of the main event, obviously, because you you had to see that. But did I, either of you guys see anything else from Hell in a Cell? I I couldn't remember the main event. To be honest, uh, so I, I watched the whole main event. It's the first WWE I've watched since WrestleMania. Um, hearing so much about it, I thought I had to check it out. Uh, it's funny because in, in our preview last week, Paul, you said, I believe... Um, they have to put the belt on him. They have to pull the trigger on Bray Wyatt. Um, they shouldn't do what they always do and just wait until people are fed up with him and then do it. And um, I would say they did the exact opposite of your advice, but in fact, it was even worse than the exact opposite. <laughs> actually managed to uh, ruin him and Seth Rollins in the one match there. Yeah. Yeah, and match, the match was she was stupid just so stupid it was um i don't don't even know what to say i mean it's stupid i don't don't know what you can say about it i mean when you think back to the classic hell and cells hell cell matches we've seen you know obviously Mm -hmm. if you're sean michaels undertaker undertaker mankind kane mankind allegedly although i've yet to see any proof that that (laughs) ever happened um your you know, Armageddon 2006 man match um, Rock Undertaker the first one and the second one to be fair Rock Undertaker both of them to be fair but I mean the point of Hell in a Cell was always you know these two guys their blood feud has got so bad to the point that they're going to have to settle in the cage where anything goes um, you know that Brock Brock Undertaker the first one specifically was 
a really well done violent cell match without needing you know spots off the top. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we're at a point where if the wrestlers be too violent in the match, the referee will stop it. Well, how, yeah. do you, how do you take that seriously anymore? And that's two years in a row they've done it now because they did that in the main event of last year's Hell in Cell as well. When it was a uh, was a Roman Reigns and somebody and like Brock interfered, and they they did a re- uh, a no contest finish as well. Well, how yeah. do you, how next time to do Hell in Cell pay for you? How do you take it seriously? You say, well, the last time two times you did it, you did no no non finishes. Yeah, that's been yeah since they since they made it a yearly thing um, where the 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 feud is isn't relevant. Um, yeah, they've they've really they've more more than they already had. They've been killing the 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 stip left, right, and center. I mean, specifically a stipulation, which is a no disqualification. You you can't do a finish like that. It, it's it's to me is the equivalent of doing, uh, you know, a loser leaves town match, and then you have the kings of North show up in Dublin with no explanation. You know. <laughs> Did I say that out loud? Um, oh, God, that's, yeah, that's so annoying. <laughs> no, I actually don't mind it in OTT. OTT. I'll get to that in a second. But, it's, you know, it's the equivalent of something like that where, you know, if if Austin beats Undertaker in a first blood match, then Vince McMahon has to leave the WWF forever, fully loaded 99. And then you have Vince come back after two months. You know, how can you take the stipulation seriously anymore? And that happened to the point that the Loser Leaves Town match in WWE, at least, had no bearing ultimately. It, 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 there's nothing you can hang your head on because they went back on it so many times that it just lost all meaning. And you know, loser leaves town used to be an important match stipulation, or you know, loser gets fired or whatever. It's not anymore because how can you take it seriously? And now you've held the cell, which for years was, you know, you would always have a match with you know memorable spots or a violent you know, f- feud match. And then it got to the point where, you know, Seamus and Randy Orton were having a Hell in a Cell match. Or, you know, now matches with, uh, shows with three Hell in a Cell matches on them. Or now ma- uh, matches with no finishes in them. Like, what is the Hell in a Cell match anymore? You know, everything that was, you know, tried and true and was, you know, upheld to that match and what you would get from that match as a customer now is gone because they've gone back on it so many times that was just a match with a cage you're not even guaranteed to have a good match or a violent match or finish or be able to see it if you're in the live audience yeah the the lights slash cage color combination what a god imagine if you went to that show well, that was apparently a Bray Wyatt specific thing, the lights, to be fair. But yeah, but still, like. Still dumb, I agree. Yeah. I, I don't even hate the red cage. I think it's unnecessary and pointless. I think it's distracting. Yeah, I mean, the steel cage, the kind of, you know, silver color that it was, was fine. Mm. It's kind of just overthinking it and changing things that never needed to be changed. Um, as an aside, when it comes to OTT, I, I'm less critical of a company which is basically a, a, an extremely niche um, super indie when it comes to just 
I, it, when it comes to OTC, I'm more in favor of just make matches that I want to see than upholding their dumb stipulations. When it comes to something like WWE, uh, you know, I'm not getting so much out of seeing people that I only see once a month. And so then the stipulations should mean more in, in that environment. But Hell in Cell was dumb and was stupid and rubbish. Uh, coming to SmackDown. I watched SmackDown again this week. And again, I thought it was, <laughs> like AEW, uh, a breeze of a show to watch and quite a fun show. Because, of course, this was the start of the draft. Oh, yeah. I saw some of those uh, uh, war room. Yeah. Uh, that was looks fucking stupid. This was, again, an example, like we just said about the red cage. An example of them taking what was quite a good idea and overthinking it. Like, when I heard that they were pushing the draft as... This is the first year that executives from Fox and the USA Network are going to have input on the picks and input on the draft. You don't need to go any further than that. You know, people will buy into that and go, dude, that, 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 that's important. The, the, the networks are involved. And whether it's real or not real is of no importance to the viewer if they've bought into that idea already, bought into that concept. But they basically... Like the Hell in Cell match, <laughs> they undid that by doing hokey comedy, like backstage asides where they would show a group of obviously paid actors sitting in like a boardroom celebrating or going aww when like the drafts were done, and it they couldn't just leave it well enough alone that the idea worked and was good. They were like, well, we need to we need to show the friends the reaction of these hokey ass actors and yeah it was it was rubbish to be fair mm. um the show itself was 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 good uh seth rollins and roman reigns had quite a good match again with a stupid finish right okay let's talk about this so you've painted yourself into this corner guys you you guys are the wwe creative Team, right? Duh. Okay, boss. Duh, yeah, boss. Hey, knuckles, fucking making a no contest again. The fans will love that. Duh, sure, boss. Um, so you have Seth Rollins representing Raw and Roman Reigns representing SmackDown, and they have to have a match, which is for the the right for their brand to get the first draft pick, right? And you, you need that Raw get the first draft pick, so you need Seth Rollins to go over, right? So what they did was, they had a, quite a good match, to be fair. Uh, you had then Bray Wyatt come up through the ring and drag Seth Rollins into a hole, which Seth Rollins immediately comes back out of. Well, yeah, what was the point of that? Also, they straight up said it was hell. <laughs> right? Rollins is in there probably for no more than 10, 15 seconds. And then it showed Bray Wyatt up on the ramp, right? And then it goes to commercial. With no finish announced. And we come back and Michael Cole and Corey Graves are looking solemnly at us. And they go, well, because the interference of Bray Wyatt, which really had no effect on Seth Rollins at all, uh, or the match. Uh, Seth Rollins is won by disqualification, which means that Raw gets the first pick. Oh, what an important way to get this draft up and running. Uh, a wacky DQ finish from not really an interference that much. Could you not have Rollins just win the match? Yeah. Do his move. That people can sometimes win and sometimes lose. And he's your, like, champion. Shouldn't he win some matches? 
so that was off to a bad start. The match itself was good, though. I, I want to get that across. Uh, so the raw picks were Becky Lynch. Uh, SmackDown then picked Roman Reigns. A weird one then, as their second pick. Because, keep in mind, though, this was only of a certain pool of wrestlers. Not everybody was eligible because they have to keep some people for raw. They then picked the OC, which is AJ Styles, Carl Anderson, and Luke Gallows. Before people like Randy Orton, Braun Strowman, um, Kevin Owens, you know, that seemed like a weird, a weird third pick to me. Um, also, they had Stephanie McMahon coming out to announce the draft picks, which is again, I I don't know if it's too insidey or too um, behind the scenes, but I think maybe having. Bischoff and Heyman would have felt a little bit more important here. Like, I think it's important that you have different people reading out the picks for Raw and SmackDown, rather yeah. than Stephanie McMahon doing it off a off a card. Yeah, I I don't know. It's weird because like they've had a little cheeky reference here or there from Heyman, but generally speaking, they they don't they don't do that. They don't acknowledge that. See that generally the general manager thing is obviously played out and. To, to an extent, I'm happy they don't do it anymore. But when it comes to separating the brands, I like that there's like a little bit of adversity between the two figureheads. And here they they didn't have that, obviously. Um, Chad Gable is now officially called Shorty Gable. <sighs> and he was announced to the ring as Shorty Gable. His Titantron said Shorty Gable. And he was called Shorty Gable throughout the match. Uh, and he lost to Baron Corbin. Clean. Um, they had a little Lesnar uh, Velasquez face to face off, which was actually fine. They didn't have Velasquez say too much. He spoke in Spanish, which was weird because Kane Velasquez, as I recall, doesn't really speak Spanish. Um, he's one of them. I don't want to. I don't want to insult Kane Velasquez. He come to my house, beat me up. But I recall him being one of them fake Spanish. Who don't really speak Spanish. Because <laughs> um, uh, it's funny, because he spoke Spanish and then Rey Mysterio translated. And he had a really good line, to be fair, for people who remember that the Velasquez-Lesnar fight. He said, I'm going to give you a scar on the other side of your face. Meaning, to match the one I gave you when we fought last time. Because Lesnar has quite a big scar on his left cheek, I think. Which is from that original fight. So that was a nice little line. Um... The New Day defeated Raw's second pick, the OC, um, in a match. They announced more picks, which were not of much uh, consequence. And then the most important thing of the show was obviously the women's championship match. Bailey winning the title back from Charlotte five days after losing it. Uh, Bailey came out in a new look. Short. Short hair, short bob, so she doesn't have the uh, Izzy style single ponytail anymore new gear and she took a like a stick with uh at first i thought it was an axe but it wasn't it was just like a stick with two sharp bits of metal attached to the top and like destroyed the inflatable arm flailing guys so they're dead now and herself and charlotte had quite a good match and as uh, Flair went for the figure four, Bailey caught her in a roll up for 
the title. And after the match, Bailey got on the mic and said, "You bitches, <laughs> screw you," or something. And I was like, "Oh my god, she is a bad lady now." But I, li- I like the Bailey direction. To be fair, um, I think they'd gone kind of as far as they could with Bailey as a uh, a white meat baby face. So that was good. And although my rundown of SmackDown sounds awful, it was actually a good show and and really easy to watch. And I was I'm always a sucker for the draft anyway, so so that was fun. Um, I think that's all we have to talk about, gentlemen. Okay, I think, and I think that's all the uh, wrestling chit chat. Uh, yeah, so we'll be back next week, I think, with more uh, AEW chat for sure. Probably check in at NXT as well. And uh, that will be our last chance to preview the big OTT fifth anniversary weekend, I guess. So we'll chat about that then. And uh, yeah, maybe we'll have more We'll have Joker takes maybe from Joe uh, and, and follow up uh, El Camino chat as well, I would hope. That'd be interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, good show this week, gents. Thanks very much for listening, everyone. Thank you, as always, to the great Scott for his contributions to the show since we began, but also especially on these big uh, milestone shows. And um, thank you very much, everyone, for listening. We'll be back next week. ChairShotPodcast.com at ChairShotPod on Twitter is how you can get in touch with us. But until next time, it's goodbye from me, Barry Murphy. It's goodbye from Joe Towner. Goodbye. And it's goodbye from Mr. Paul Griffin. Goodbye. Goodbye.